Daddy! I remember every little thing as if it happened only yesterday. I was barely 17, and I once killed a boy with a Fender guitar. I don't remember if it was a Telecaster or a Stratocaster, but I do remember that it had a heart of chrome and a voice like a horny angel. I don't remember if it was a Telecaster or a Stratocaster, but I do remember that it wasn't at all easy. It required the perfect combination of the right power chords and the precise angle from which to strike. The guitar bled for about a week afterward, and the blood was zoomed, dark and rich, like wild berries. The blood of the guitar was chopped very red. The guitar bled for about a week afterward, but it rung out beautifully. And I was able to play notes that I had never even heard before. So, I took my guitar and I smashed it against the wall. I smashed it against the floor. I smashed it against the body of a varsity cheerleader. Smashed it against the hood of a car. Smashed it against the 1981 Harley Davidson. The Harley howled in pain. The guitar howled in heat. And I ran up the stairs to my parents' bedroom. Mommy and Daddy were sleeping in the moonlight. Slowly I opened the door, creeping in the shadows right up to the foot of their bed. I raised the guitar high above my head, and just as I was about to bring the guitar crashing down upon the center of the bed, my father woke up screaming, Stop! Wait a minute! Stop it, boy! What do you think you're doing? That's no way to treat an expensive musical instrument! And I said, God damn it, Daddy! You know I love you. But you got a hell of a lot to learn about rock and roll! Pretentious art school poetry. <laughs> yes. It is. It's the worst. It's the worst thing ever, but it's fantastic. Oh, I, I caught the yes, too. That was awesome. Jim Steinman, ladies and gentlemen. Why, hello. It's four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of February in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and meatloaf loving studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I am he. Uh, it is Thursday, and welcome to day 12, so I'm uh, back in more or less in a functioning form. Yeah, so thank you all for being out there. Sorry for the short notice. I, the best part was reading the like, the like the MySpace comments where people were bitching at me for not giving them any notice. You don't know, notice about the best of. You're a dick. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. Um, I woke up yesterday morning. It was one of those things, because sometimes I just get dehydrated while I sleep. Like, I won't, you know, I keep water next to the bed, but then I, you know, don't have the wherewithal to wake up and, and hydrate myself during the night. So sometimes I wake up and you got like that morning throat thing going on where you're not sure if you're sick or maybe you just need some water. You just kind of a little dried out. 
but it just it, I woke up and it was like I had just uh, swallowed a pine cone that was also on fire. This is the, the worst thing ever. And I know that Fat Boy from KUFO, I think he, I think he like passed out in his kitchen or something the other night because he was sick. So upstairs, uh, Bridget, with whom Tim spent a long time talking this morning, so have fun with that later. Um, Bridget apparently is sick with something as well. So there are germs filling the air here at CBS like so many air-filling things. Anyway, uh, so gone yesterday. Uh, it, and how ironic, by the way, that we chose a best of during which, it, like for big chunks of yesterday's program, Tim couldn't be understood because it was that show that when you come back from the dentist and your mouth was all gummed up. Wonderful. We're going to do it again next week for a new one. <laughs> That's right. It won't be an encore broadcast. So that will actually make it three weeks in a row during which we've had whole days where you couldn't be understood. Absolutely. That's the way to attend share, Tim. <laughs> all right. Anyway, hello. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You want, you should join us today. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. The uh, phone lines are now open on this uh, Thursday for your comments, your clarifications, corrections, conventions, two cents, uh, whatever. Uh, don't forget, coming up, we'll be getting Monday. Starting Monday in this very fine radio station, uh, we're not really doing an, an additional hour of the midday show as such. That's just not going to happen. Uh, but what we are going to be doing as of Monday is in the 10 o'clock hour, so where you right now are hearing that repeat hour of Dennis Miller, uh, from 10 to 11 uh, weekdays, uh, you'll hear, uh, I, I think we're just calling it the Rick Emerson Recap because I can't come up with a better name for it. So, really, if you want to come up with something better, it's not like my name has to be on everything, but I can't come up with anything that's like Then you should call it Tim and Sarah's pre-show. <laughs> Sarah's special internet time. <laughs> Plus Rick. Uh, the Tim Special Internet Time would be a great name for the show. Sarah's... Uh, no, not my name. <laughs> Sarah's Gossip Special. Perusing Hour. Also with, with more Rick. Something. Rick's Viso Guzzling Hour. The, uh, anyway, so that's going to be uh, starting Monday, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Uh, basically, it's going to be like a Cliff's Notes, like a like a, like a 45-minute distillation uh, of the previous day's show. And that'll air uh, weeks, so you can kind of catch up on stuff, or if you miss something, or if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you've just recently started listening to the show or the station, you feel like there's some inside stuff you don't quite get. That'll be your opportunity to sort of uh, catch up on it. So uh, that begins Monday, uh, right here. That'll also be on the uh, the podcast, by the way. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent uh, Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us from Austin, Texas, uh, where tonight Hillary Clinton. Embarrasses herself once again. Bye. Boy. And you have the audio of that thing where she's ripping off Obama? Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. It's so bad. I was it's I was having this weird kind of a fever dream state yesterday where I was kind of laying on the sofa and it's just sick and you know, it's that thing where and of course when you're sick, that's when you're supposed to eat a lot because your body needs whatever nutrients or but of course when you're sick you never want to eat. That's when you don't have any appetite. So I'm sitting there kind of Disinterestedly, disinterestedly shoving a shoving a spoonful of kashi into my mouth because all my wife has is rabbit food. So I'm just sitting there, and you know, she has that non-chicken soup or whatever. It's not chicken soup or whatever that stuff is called. So I'm just sitting there eating spongy tofu and soggy breakfast cereal, just kind of uh, watching CNN as Lou Dobbs is playing that clip of of Hillary of Hillary Clinton. We need an agenda that people are excited about again in America. We need to believe. 
that we can, we will solve our problems. Now, I believe that we can set those big goals again. I know we can. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Please stop it. Yes, we will. Is she stuck on a loop? Yes, we will. No, this is she's a hypnotist. This is live. This is live. Please don't play that anymore. Oh, God. That's so bad. It's so embarrassing. It's so awful. Jesus. And for those of you who said that we never dare to criticize Hillary. Oh, no. No, it makes my skin crawl. I mean, I watched it a little bit last night. The problem is that she delivers. She just has no style. You know what I mean? She just has no. I think as, as somebody, as Don Taylor once said about Michael Bay, Don Taylor for the Portland Tribune was talking about the Transformers film. And she said that Michael Bay was sort of a filmic sociopath in that he didn't really know what actual emotions looked like in a movie. He just sort of knew how to replicate them, like how to pretend that characters were having emotions. Hillary is sort of a political sociopath in that I don't think Hillary actually knows how to feel things or talk to people or actually engage on any sort of an actual human level. But she's seen other people, Barack Obama, do it better. And so she just imitates them. And the best part about this is that we didn't get to... To further be more Barack-like, she had somebody, or maybe it really happened, somebody passed out in the audience. Oh, really? And had to ask Mr. Secret Service Man to go get them some water and oh. medical attention. Oh, we'll right. get to that. Later. That ain't right. Mm. People right. are passing out because of Hillary. Uh-huh. You know, uh, well, anyway, we'll talk more about it later. Uh, so the, the debate is coming up tonight on Austin, Texas. Lisa Desjardins will join us there. Uh, oh, also, we have a, our friend Randy in Vegas has put together a side-by-side comparison of Lisa Desjardins and a, a female celebrity who we believe she most resembles orally. Uh, the, the, it is the celebrity whom she most sounds like. Uh, and so I have put together a side-by-side uh, of those two celebrities. And that uh, he sent these clips to me, so we'll play those later on. Uh, Bob Costantini will be joining us today as we talk about this weirdness with John McCain. It's not like it's going to be all politics, but there are all all these weird stories today. There's that thing with McCain and that leggy blonde lobbyist apparently gallivanting around in a private jet. She is. Well, it's time for him to... Well, I mean, let's be honest. He traded up, you know, one one wife for another, uh, you know, when he was, whatever, 45, I think. And this apparently was 10 years ago. Eight years ago, so I mean that was about, was right on time, right on time to be uh, to be getting the new model. Anyway, you know the thing about McCain's wife now, I mean wife number two. Here's the thing: it's fine to be a trophy wife, but you got to learn when to let that go. You just one can't remain a trophy wife forever. There, do, there does come a time when you got to age gracefully. She is not aging gracefully, and she doesn't appear to have real eyes. Oh, I noticed that. McCain's wife doesn't have these real eyes. My uh, my wife Lar pointed that out. That uh, she doesn't have real eyes. She just has these. Like blue reflected things that have been jammed into the front of her head, like little like little plastic discs that sort of just glint the light back at you. Those things you put at the end of your driveway so people go by can find it easier. <laughs> exactly, like little bicycle reflectors. Anyway, uh, Bob Costantini joins us today. James Roop uh, joining us from Los Angeles today. Uh, we'll talk a little about the Oscars and uh, Google's encroaching dominance of the world. Uh, let's see. Our good friend Gavin Dawson will join us in the studio later on today. Gavin, who until recently was employed by Intercom uh, at uh, at the uh, the Fan, uh, he was uh, he is no longer with the firm, as they say. 
Uh, so I know he had the he had some folks who dig. I mean, he's I you know I'm not going to pretend to be much like a, I'm not much of a sports guy, um, but he was good at his job. He's a good guy. Uh, so we'll have him in later on. Find out the, how everything went down, what he's up to, and whatever. Uh, we'll answer the question exactly: How fat is Rick Everson? And not just in terms of like actual. Oh God, pounds. is it here? Do you have it? I have. Wait, hold on. Let me bring it up here. Oh, I didn't even want to see it. I have here uh, from Amron. Amron. Uh, the fat lost. The HBF 400 um, fat loss monitor with scale. Uh, so this is a thing that will calculate. It'll calculate three different things, Sarah. When you stand on it later in the day's program, oh, Sarah, God. it'll calculate your weight, your body fat percentage, and then your BMI, your body mass index. Uh, which I think your body. I'm not feeling so good about my body today. I don't know if this is going to. Well, be this a good is day. the right day to do it. Why should I be the only one to suffer? I've already done. You know what's it. gonna make me mad is that I ride my bike like eight miles a day, and if you have lower body fat than me, I <laughs> well, should just end it now. Let's not let's not fool ourselves. I have lower body fat than no one. So we'll put that over there. Uh, let's see. Wait. So what does it calculate? Your weight, your body fat percentage. Your weight, your body fat percentage. In other words, uh, how much of you is made up of fat? So like, you know, of the hundred percent of you that exists, how much of it is fat? And then there's the body mass index, and Tim maybe came up, and Tim, you're a healthful man. You, body mass index, I do believe, is where it, it takes your weight, your height, your body fat, everything into account, mm -hmm. and gives you a number uh, at which you are supposed to be. It's, a, it's basically an overall aggregate number showing basically your overall fitness. It is like an overall body fitness number. Um, and so this will give you that as well. It, the only thing it doesn't do is dispense tissues for you to weep afterward. So, or you know, just, or just spit out a spoon so you can just get back to eating. Does it give you your cholesterol? No, it doesn't. No, uh, there was now there was a there was a really schmancy one that we bought at. Wait for it, because we have news about this later on today. We bought a really fancy one at Sharper Image. Oh, yeah. So there's a whole story today about how they're going out of business. You know why their scales don't work. Uh, the one that we had originally bought did this really great thing of telling you how many calories to eat every day to maintain and how many calories to eat every day to lose. Sharper Image is going out of business? Sharper Image, it's your Geek Watch today. I mean, I'm kind of tipping my hand, but it's the, the Geek Watch today, Sharper Image going well, out of business. You know why? Everyone just goes in there, sit in the chairs, and never buys anything. Dude, totally. don't even get... <laughs> Come on. Okay, well... On the, on the way home after dining, everyone goes in there and tries out the chairs and buys nothing. Remind I me... bought my dad a giant remote control from there once. Remind me to uh, remind me to talk to uh, talk about the, uh, the the fat jiggling chairs at Sharper Image later when we do the Geek Watch. Anyway, so I'll stand on the scale later on, yeah, so everyone can cast lots for my clothing and guess what? You know how fat I am. Um, uh, Mr. Skin will join us later on today. Uh, I think our friend The Low is stopping by this afternoon. Uh, it's all very exciting. Plus, uh, your phone calls, emails. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, let's see. As we speak, another U.S. embassy has been set on fire. This is in uh, Belgrade. They're mad because we're backing the Kosovo uh, breakaway government. And I thought we already bombed the uh, Serbs into submission, but apparently they're back and they're burning our stuff now. Uh, the New York Times claims that John McCain had a hot lady friend who turned up everywhere. Sam. He claims it isn't so. <laughs> Hillary tries to make speeches like Barack Obama, but comes off <laughs> looking a bit cheesy. Yes. Mike Huckabee's wife visits the Vegas Hooters. 
A Vancouver mailman admits, yes, he destroyed trees along his route. Yes, I did. The yes, I the, did. The baby in the toilet is doing well, but mom may face some serious charges. And the moon turns orange for a few minutes last night. And we're told that that, that Brooklyn spy satellite was shot down on the first try last night. It's amazing. But that's what we're told. They showed us some picture that could have been anything. Stunning. Put together by some child. We don't know if it's real or not. Tim, I have But faith. our government would never lie to us. Now, would it? I have faith in our government, Tim. Why must you be a cynic? Why must you doubt the word of Big Brother? It looked like some cheesy CGI from the 1980s. Well, and am I the only one that noted this, that A, the, well, first of all, there was that weirdness of the meteor the night before. Hmm. Then last night they shoot on the satellite on the first try, which, like, they can never do with anything ever. What's more American? And then, and then they did it on the same night that there's a lunar eclipse. So these, all of these At things together. At least they hit the moon. There's something not that we know of. How would you know? It was gone last night. It was orange in front of my house. Yeah, it was all. It looked like it was covered in a sackcloth or something. It wasn't gone as such, but it was sort of most of it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked like it was covered in dust or something. Uh, joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello and how are you? Hello, I'm doing very well. All right. So you want to do you want to brag about your MacBook that you uh, you brought to work yesterday? Was that your thing? Is that your MacBook? Well, yeah, it's, I'm not bragging about it. I didn't pay for it. My well, no, but I'm just saying, I talked to Sarah, and I'm like, so, how was the show while I was home sick? Oh, it was fun. fine. I just sat and watched Flight of the Concords in the studio. That was fun. Tim and uh, Richie and I got to all hang out, and then I watched Singles, and then watched an episode of Flight of the Concords, and played on the internet, and then... Yeah, it felt like yesterday was a holiday or something. Well, then the I went right over to my friend's house afterward and like ended up hanging out over there for that's hours. That's the second holiday we've had this week, kind of, if you think of yesterday as a day. This week is weird. It, it, like, on the one hand, it seems like this week's been going on forever, and yet it's only Thursday, but I think I've only been here for two days mm. so far. So, or one. No, I was here Monday, I guess. So Monday and Tuesday. This is the third day I've been here this week. It's all very weird. So, And then yesterday sucked because... It, it, Did you listen to the show? A little bit. Little bit, and then I was just sort of, you know, I was just, you know, just like it was weird me out to turn it off. But I, uh, but it, it's one of those things where like when you, like you want to use a sick day when you're not really sick, you know. I know it's the American way, right? When you call in sick, but you're you're fine. Uh, yesterday I was sick, and so I called in sick, and then you can't enjoy it, of course, because I'm just sitting there in the sofa, literally at one point drooling, like I'm taking a nap. And I wake up and I'm like, ugh, and I'm in the drool place because I'm just, you know, I'm just all cracked out and just can't I think hate straight. That. And... I've called in sick twice, I remember, because I've just oh. been so deathly ill. And then it's to the point where you oh. don't want to be sick, so I'll be sitting there and I'll listen to the show and I'm like, I could be there right now. Why am I? I'm a slacker. And then I go upset and then I sit there and cry. <laughs> I know. And then I'm sitting there hating myself for being at home. Because like, why? I, why didn't I just power through it? I could have done that. Stupid weakness. That was my thing yesterday. Oh, we got a, a, a special Tanya watch coming up, too. I almost forgot. Do we? Yay. And it's happening tonight. Something very special. Can we see Tanya somewhere? Mm, possibly. Is she like a lunar eclipse? I can't yes. wait. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Ugh. All right. Well, anyway, I'm no, glad that you're was... feeling better, and thank you for not coming to work and infecting Well, I don't want to be the guy like, <laughs> I'm a game day player. <laughs> You know, hacking germs with this bad enough. We all breathe the same air as everybody else down here anyway. And everybody in the building is, you know, coughing or whatever. But I I was in the kitchen yesterday morning, and I said, I'm not going to work. I feel terrible. And, and um, she's like, oh, I'll make you some tea. And then I was just in there going, stupid, frail human body, stupid weakness. And that I was just, and I was doing your thing. I was just sitting there just angry at myself for not going to work, feeling like a loser, because I was so sick I wasn't even really getting anything done at home. Well, maybe I'll take this opportunity to catch up on all my emails. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I'll lay on the sofa. And so I was doing nothing. Um, and just it, it, like, hey, and then, of course, you get that thing where around three in the afternoon comes and you're just absolutely stir crazy. And you're just kind of going, I have to get out of here and do something. I have to get something taken care of. And so this is what I did yesterday. So this is, Tim will appreciate this. So 
after sitting around all day doing nothing, and that thing where even when you nap, it's not really an enjoyable napping because it's like sick sleep, and there's no worse sleep. I think probably even like drunk sleep is better than sick sleep. Like, sick sleep is the least restful kind of rest mm-hmm. that there is. Oh, because you wake up, you have crazy, like, fever dreams, yeah. and you wake up. Sweaty, and you're sweaty, cold, hot, cold. Yeah. And so I'm getting nothing done. Around 3 o'clock, as Sarah said, I'm feeling like a loser, cursing myself for not to. Why didn't you just go to work and play through the pain? Getting nothing done. Finally, my wife reminds me that we have that, still that computer issue where it won't recognize my CD-ROM or my DVD. And there's a listener we have who works at Microsoft, and he didn't, and not only he didn't, you know, like give me anything, like the, the hookup as such, but he's like, hey, he, by the way, here's the customer service line. If you call it during the day, it's easier to get through and get help with your tech problem. I'm like, fine, I got time. I'll call the mic. I'll call the Microsoft tech support line. I'm sure they'll help me efficiently. Let me just tell you this right now. I have never had, I have never had a more wasteful and non-productive 75 minutes in my life than when I was uh, on with the Microsoft, quote, tech support people yesterday. 75 minutes. 75! During which they, I mean... What can they talk about for 75 minutes? They can talk about... Well, first of all, it's... Look, I don't mean to sound... uh, You know I'm a tolerant person. You know that we're a big tent here. We welcome people of all backgrounds, ethnicities, all creeds. I don't think it makes me a bad person or an ugly American if I just say that can I you can, is it so hard to just hire someone whose language whose speech can be understood I'm not trying to be a jerk and I know it makes me sound like every dumb Larry the Cable guy in America I feel you, you I have what? that problem with Verizon I'm just talking to to some person I don't know whether they were based here or whether they were based, based elsewhere anecdotal evidence would indicate that they are based elsewhere that they are not in America um and they come on, and I hate the stereotype, but it's like the Bangladesh accent, and you're kind of going, yeah. I, I, hello, if I can... And, and then I'm not going to try, try to mimic the accent, because that would... Where are you anyway? I'm in Tookie Tookie land. <laughs> Have you ever tried to fool them? I've done that, actually. From every now and again, I'll say... And I, I don't do this much anymore, because right, it makes me sound like kind of a dick, but I used to I used to kind of go, where? You know, they get on the phone, and they'd do, hello, can I help you with your microwave? And I would say... Where are you? In what state are you located? And they would say, uh, and clearly they've been told to lie. Uh, Idaho? Really? What's the capital of Idaho? <laughs> Sacramento? You know, it's just that. But, so I'm talking to somebody who I do believe is at a call center in another country, and man, I'm catching like maybe 40% of the words, and then, but it makes you feel like a dick somehow. Because the guy would say something, and, and he would say, blah, 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 you know, and I would say, I'm sorry, can you please repeat that? And, of course, as I'm saying, can you repeat that, I feel like an ass. And so I I am somehow made to feel like I have all this weird liberal guilt Mm. about asking someone to repeat something because I cannot for the life of me. Like, it's so hard to just hire people in Redmond to help. Anyway. Have you noticed, are you a Verizon person? I am. Okay, have you been getting weird phone calls from strange numbers of people asking you to pay your bill? Like, I don't get calls from Verizon anymore. I get it from, like, 523-979, like, 4815. And it's like, and they'll call me and they'll be like, hello, Sarah, would you like to pay your bill now and all this stuff? And it's from a random number. I'm like, why am I going to give you my... I think they've they've outsourced a lot of their, they've made a lot of their, not just them, I think a lot of companies have made their bill paying sort of, they've outsourced it to where it's an automated whatever, because I got one of those from my insurance company, too. Well, it's creepy, and I answered my phone the other day because I thought it was like a random phone number. I'm like, hello, and it's like, hi, this is Verizon. How do you feel about your your plan? Which, like, like, who are you? Why are you calling me? Leave me alone. 
Yeah, and it was the same thing. I couldn't really understand him. He's oh. like trying to like get me to like verbally agree to a new contract as I'm sitting there like driving home from I will work. I need your social security number Seriously. now and blood type. Uh, oh, and I hate people. You know, so I'm working through with the, 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 the stupid Microsoft people yesterday, and and just the, the shorthand of the, the problem is that ever since I upgraded to Windows XP. It doesn't recognize my CD-ROM or DVD drive. It's like they're not even there. And, of course, the irony is that I use the CD-ROM drive to install Windows XP. So, like, I use the CD-ROM drive to install an operating system, which then eliminates those drives from my computer. So I'm trying to explain this to the Microsoft person who repeatedly, like 50 or 60 times, I think, during the conversation, asked me to insert the XP disk so that I could get the driver off of that. And I kept explaining, you know, I can't get anything off the XP disk because my computer doesn't even recognize that I have a disk drive. And that happened when I installed your product. And they were just, like, completely oblivious to the whole thing. And then they wanted to do this. So, sir, do you mind if we, uh, do you mind if we remotely take control of your computer for about 20 minutes? You know, no. Thanks. Bye. I have to go now. And how creepy is it that you know, now know that they have the power to, like, just go into your totally. computer? Totally. And at one point I just said, look, I'm hanging up. I've, you know, this is like 75 minutes of my life. I have to go. i, I got to get stuff done. I have to go. And so I just hung up. And then, like, ten seconds later, the phone rings, and it's the customer service person calling me directly at home, saying, I'm sorry. We seem to have li-. It was really creepy. It's like I ended the call. The phone rings, and it's the Microsoft person again saying, we seem to have been disconnected. Would you like oh. to continue? And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm like, F this. I said, D- I said, do not call me again. Don't ever call me again. Leave me alone. She said, well, we'd like to follow up to see how the problem has been resolved. And I, just, and I, I said, the problem hasn't been resolved. You can't fix it. Clearly, you will never fix it. Clearly, your goddamned operating system has ruined my computer. It's never going to work again. Leave me alone. Isn't this an old problem going back several months yes. before the holidays? Yes, it is. I mean, if we listen to a best of show from, say, <laughs> Halloween, would you still be discussing this? Yes. All right. Yes, I would. And that operating system is what Jesus. again? Windows XP, Tim. Okay. Uh-huh. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, real briefly, uh, just two small things. Um, why did I write down? I wrote down Lisa. That's not Lisa. Lisa Desjardins, though. Why, why did I write that down? Lisa. Maybe it is her. I don't know. I had something. I had something. I had some note that I made to myself that said Lisa. You think someone's going to play something? Would you, would you I have a thing about Lisa Desjardins, Desjardins, but I don't think it's about her. I, I don't even know what that note means. Wrote it down. Uh, okay, well, just final thing, then we'll break. We'll come back with Bob Costantini, which is this. Uh, if you go to my site, which is uh, rickemerson.com, you go there. Uh, Christina Aguilera was on, uh, was on Ellen DeGeneres, uh, I think, uh, yesterday morning. So, yes? I know exactly. Are you talking about her shirt? Or lack thereof. Yes, yes, yes I am. I know. Um, and let me just say <laughs> this. Was it wearing a shirt? Now you know that. I, well, you know I find Ellen DeGeneres sort of. I, to say I'm attracted to her is the wrong. That's the wrong way to put it. She's a little. Um, really? Manish. You know what Christina Aguilera's breast part too. Well, there was a part one. So I mean, I like Ellen a lot, and I think Ellen's a very attractive woman in they her way. They turned her into something very vanilla for middle yeah, America. You know what? But I, I dig her. I really do. Right. Um, like I said, she's a little. Uh, a little butch for my taste, but, you know, having Ellen DeGeneres interview Christina Aguilera yesterday is like the best of all worlds. It is both ends of the spectrum, the alpha and the omega. So, uh, bosom enthusiasts, you might want to go to Rick Emerson. It is safe for work. It's just from Ellen's TV show. It is Ellen DeGeneres interviewing Christina Aguilera. And the great thing is, is that Ellen, because she's just such a, she really is funny, and she knows how to diffuse it. And so, Christina Aguilera, whose breasts are massive. I mean, and she's just, not even trying to strap no. those suckers in. Oh, no, no, no. Like... No, she's showing it. Look at these. She sits down and Ellen just says, 
So before we get started, let me ask you, um, are you nursing? Which is really funny. And so it, <laughs> and, and you just kind of like let all the attention out of the moment there. Because she comes out and it's like, hello, look at my boobs. They're massive. So uh, I would encourage everyone to go now and look at that. I'm just looking at that Cloverfield monster. That is gnarly. Oh, that's the other thing. Oh. You go to rickemerson.com, our friend Dan with the Joker phone. He works for a uh, he works for figures.com, which is like a, a collectible uh, site. And uh, he was at the toy fair yeah, that I think was in New York, and he got some great inside photos of the Cloverfield uh, toy that just, uh, Hasbro is putting out. You that go to rickemerson.com and check those out. Yeah, it's badass. There's a link that goes to a whole gallery of those. Yeah, that's where I am now. All right. I think we got a break here. It's 503-733-2970. Bob Costantini coming up around the corner. Uh, later on, Jim Roop, Gavin Dawson, uh, and Lisa Desjardins. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Emerson the radio program. It's 503-733-2970. All right. I'm going to check this email about the worst customer service ever, and I'm just going to put it down here when I don't think about it anymore. Is that one that you already read? Uh, it's a, no, I made a note to myself about this, the Microsoft customer service. The so-called customer service mm-hmm. yesterday. Jesus. And especially because, and look, here's the thing. It's not like I'm some computer expert, but especially because... Like, it's their product that did it. They caused the problem. Ugh. Man, if I could have reached through the phone. All right. Anyway, 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. From the hill. Bob from CNN. Hello. Hi, Rick. I hope you're feeling better. I missed you yesterday. I am. Now, were we, were we supposed to talk yesterday? We would have, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, are you stalking me, Bob? I sound, well, sound like a nagging wife, don't I? <laughs> we, we, we never talk. You don't write. You don't call. Yeah, uh, yeah no, there's a little, uh, uh, if I can make a movie right, a little Motaba virus going around the, uh, ah. the CBS building here, as they say in Outbreak. Right. So, uh, in any event, yeah, no, pray that this misses you, Bob. It's a bad place to be. I, uh, I'm, uh, we're talking by phone, so I should be good right now. All right. I'm just saying. Um, all right. Something's been going around here, too, as well. Uh, well, there's that, I mean, you know, especially in the broadcast world, where it's like everybody shares three microphones and one telephone. Yeah. Um, okay, let's just, let's talk about this, uh, this McCain thing. Um, so, uh, let, wait, hold on, before, before we do this, let me double check. You are talking about the McCain thing today, aren't you? Yes. No, I'm ready to talk about Blu-ray and HD DVD again. I was going to say, or maybe the beef recall, we could get you on that. How about Lost? Do you want to do a Lost recap? I am, uh, no, that I can't do. All right, okay, I'm just saying. All right, so there I was yesterday, uh, sitting at home, cursing my uh, human weakness for not being able to come to work, watching CNN, as I always do, and uh, they were talking about this, and, and I first saw it during the Lou Dobbs show, and first of all, do they even call that show Moneyline anymore? Have they just quit calling it Moneyline? It's, it's Lou Dobbs Tonight. Lou Dobbs Tonight. I guess yeah. at some point when every single show started to become about illegal immigration, they just decided that Moneyline didn't work anymore. <laughs> so they could call it the constantly rotating colors of Lou Dobbs' hair because one day it's like orange and then it's silver. And then I think he's got like a swatchery at home or something that he goes to to pick out his hair color every day. So okay. I'm just saying from my vantage point. So I'm watching Lou Dobbs Tonight last yeah. night. And he's talking to some guy, some flax from somewhere that I don't recognize. And 
they're talking about this John McCain thing, and I hadn't really heard about it. And it turns out that it's a story the New York Times been working on for some time, and they released it first on their website, not in the hard copy, not in the print edition. Um, and McCain, I guess, has been trying to get the story killed for some time, but it looks like it's back. And, and so now, please to explain to everybody what this uh, quasi-scandal is. <laughs> All right. You got a while? Um, yes, I do. All righty. Uh, the, the paper is, in a sense, uh, it did an analysis piece, really, um, taking uh, Senator McCain to task for having a, a cozy relationship, if you will, with this lobbyist here in Washington. Her name is Vicki Eisman, um, and she represents clients who've had business before uh, his uh, Senate committee. Um, and um, she has called the allegations and malicious innuendo uh, reported by the paper completely and utterly false. Uh, Senator McCain had a news conference uh, this morning in Toledo, Ohio, to try to tackle this issue uh, pretty much head on. His wife, Cindy, was there by his side. And, of course, the innuendo part of all this is that he had uh, uh, an improper romantic relationship um, with this lobbyist. But um, for the politically-minded... It also has implications, really, uh, regarding the, the idea that John McCain is this um, a fighter against, uh, you know, these kinds of relationships. He fights pork. He fights the influence, uh, you know, McCain-Feingold, uh, that kind of thing. And so, uh, so you know, the damage uh, it might do to him in the long run is uh, breaking through his image as the person who, uh, you know, is against the cozy relationships that lobbyists do have so this is, with so, lawmakers. So, so basically, and it beca- because, I, and I think I speak for most Americans, and I, don't, I don't care what, what some guy, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, you're some guy, you get a hot blonde to ride in your jet with you. I don't get more. Pa- that's why people get into politics in the first place, really. Let's I, just be honest. Um, and so, but the deal is that she is a lobbyist representing a bunch of these firms, firms that depended upon McCain and his, you know, the councils on which he sat to sort of expedite yeah. their their business. Yeah, he's he was on a, he is on a committee that handles a lot of broadcasting issues. So, is it weird to you that the New York Times has been working on this forever, and yet they waited until he clinched the nomination to sort of unload on him? Well, what I understand, and, and this is just sort of uh, rumor mills in the uh, industry. Um, the New Republic was working on this kind of article as well uh, that was going to expose McCain uh, with this relationship with uh, this particular uh, lobbyist. And so I guess the Times and even the Washington Post, uh, they, they reported something as well this morning. And I, and I really would urge your uh, listeners to uh, visit the Times website or the Washington Post website to get a good handle on this. It's a very lengthy article um, about this. And it does, uh, in a sense, take him to task or expose um, what some might say is his hypocrisy uh, regarding, you know, the uh, the way he is about special interest influence on Capitol Hill um, as you know, campaigning as a reformer and that kind of stuff. First of all, I like the just I like the phrase. He is someone who fights pork. Yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting image. I don't well, know why. It's, it's just sort of it's just sort of a comical phrase for whatever reason. But do you think that uh, McCain's whole thing is that he's just such a straight talker and he's just such a no nonsense, cuts to the bottom of the line, just one of the you know he's you know kind of down to brass tacks, especially because it's the New York Times, which is perceived rightly or wrongly to be a liberal mouthpiece. Mm. Um, don't you suppose politically speaking that McCain could get some mileage out of this or make it go away by just kind of holding a press conference or putting out a statement in, in which he basically uh, tells the Times just to get bent? 
Um, that's that's pretty much what he did this morning. Excellent. Um, Excellent. <laughs> um, he said, at no time have I ever done anything that would ever betray the public trust or make a decision which in any way would not be in the public interest or would favor anyone or any one organization. He also, at the time, uh, he, he said, I'm very disappointed in the New York Times piece. It's not true. Uh, those are a couple of quotes from McCain. Um, uh, he did uh, indicate that he did not have an improper relationship uh, with this woman. Um, but again, you know, if, if the Lewinsky matter taught us anything, I suppose, is that the public may be more forgiving of uh, sexual situations um, versus what this might do, how, how this might chink his armor as a reformer and uh, someone who has been very much against the idea of lobbyists yeah. being so uh, having such easy access to uh, to senators and members of Congress. Really, I tell you, if he, if, you know, if if I get to keep my job and he lowers my taxes, I will personally go to, uh, you know, I, I will I will I will rent a harem for him. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll chip in. I'll, I'll kick in some money to have women on call for him. I don't care. Just get me into some get me into a different bracket. That's all I care about. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not sure what I should say to that. I'm just one. trying to. You know what, Bob? I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell you what the people are thinking. I'm trying to, to keep my yeah. finger on the pulse here. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, finished for the week. Ah, well, you're going to be missed by <laughs> us, finished. Bob. I regret that I regret that we uh, we had one less day to speak because of my oh. weak ass immune system. So all righty, well, I've still got all that information you want about Blu-ray and HD DVD. Oh, by the way, can I just tell you this real quickly? Hold on, I have, sure. I have something amusing here. Hold on, where did I put this? Uh, one second. This is so we're giving away. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, so AM970, we're going to be giving away. Uh, we do a lot of DVD giveaways here because yeah. our, our audience is we're big, we're big film uh, dorks here. And so we're going to be giving away um, later on in March a special edition double disc DVD of, of Bonnie and Clyde, the great movie Bonnie and Clyde with Faye yeah. Dunaway and uh, Warren Beatty, which is one of the great films of all time. All right. Um, the best part is they put in here in huge letters, we're giving this away on HD DVD. <laughs> so there you go. I'll tell you. Wonderful. Next thing you know, you can give uh, with a few bucks, you can probably give away a player as well. Just <laughs> hey, so you that's know. a great idea, actually. <laughs> hey, that's an interesting idea for a contest. We, you know, I bet we could buy those for pennies on the dollar at this point. Uh, apparently, yes. Excellent. That's why we love you, Bob. You make those observations. All right. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to My you soon. My pleasure, Rick. All right. Stay Thanks. healthy. There you go. It's Bob Constantini joining us from the Hill. Excellent. The one and only Bob. Fantastic. How great is that guy? All right. Uh, yeah, Bonnie, have you never seen Bonnie and Clyde, probably? No. Oh, it's a great film. Yeah. Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty uh, came I out in... I do love me some Warren Beatty. He came, uh, this, this movie came out in, I think, 68, maybe? Tim would know. 68, 79. Um, it holds up now because it's, it, you know, it's one of those sort of the uh, the natural-born killers of a era about the you, know, the, the, you know, the hot young couple who are... Well, the tagline for the movie uh, it was and still is... Um, they're young, they're in love, and they kill people. So it's and it's the hot, and Faye Dunaway, yeah, and Faye Dunaway has never been hotter than in this movie. So of course, not. and he's a badass. That's with the Manson girls. No, 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 and he and he looks great in this movie too, Warren Beatty, because he's got the whole because it takes place in the 30s. So it's got the whole thing. I where thought Warren Beatty looked hot in Dick Tracy. Oh yeah, no Warren. Beatty's, oh, he's a good looking. He's guy. a good looking man. But in this, I mean, you would totally dig him in this because he's got the 30s era sort of gangster thing on, but it, where it's like um, whatever, like the. Is that the word I'm looking for? Whatever. The you know the pants and then the shirt with the vest 
and with the cuffs rolled up. So he's got the shirt sleeves rolled up, wearing a vest, and then he's holding a Tommy gun. It's just like the makes the coolest thing ever. So if you haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde, you'll be able to get it on HD DVD from AM97. HD DVD, you say? HD DVD, Sarah. All right. Um, well, before we... We're going to send to Lisa Desjardins here in just a second. So... Um, I'm going to put this note aside for her. We'll get to that here in a second. So you had asked some questions about the fat scale. So I don't want to step on the fat scale. I don't no, no, no. even. I have no I idea how much. The fat scale. Does it speak? If I step on it, will it... <laughs> <laughs> you weigh 195 pounds. No, no, it doesn't. Are we going to guess your weight again? I don't even think those exist outside of Garfield cartoons, like the uh, the the speaking scale. Oh, I'm sure they do. It's like a shame thing. Well, maybe, or if you're blind or something. You know, if you're, they gotta have if fat people or fat people, blind people gotta weigh themselves too, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you imagine that there's a scale that speaks for maybe the sight impaired? I think that they're probably more common than you think they are. Really? Yeah. Does it just, does it just oink? It just seems. <laughs> just if, you, if it's, if it's <gasps> above. That's a genius idea. Like if you have a, a weight that you're trying not to get above, and if you do it, it just oinks at you. Picky, picky. Uh, are you right. gonna do it? Uh, now. We have a few minutes. Why not? All right. Well, so here's the deal with the scale. So let me just back up first and foremost. Uh, we're going to talk about Sharper Image later because they're going out of business, which is too bad. I'm really bummed out about that, man. Uh, later on, we're going to do it is Thursday, uh, high topic, thir- uh, high concept Thursday. So later Favorite on, Sharper Image. We're going to talk about. Don't call about that now, but we're going to talk about Sharper Can Image I tell products you what later. Is? Yes. Or should we wait? No. Uh, why wait. don't we? Why don't okay. we wait? So, so long story short, so I have coveted this scale at Sharper Image just forever. And like all things like that, you know, you don't, like all Sharper Image products, I wanted one, but like I never bought one. And my wife, uh, for Valentine's Day, uh, I got her a Roomba. Uh, and then she got me, we're such nerds. You guys are so cute. I bought her a Roomba and she bought me a, a fat calculating scale from Sharper Image. Now here's the, the damnable misery of it is. That just days before she bought me the scale, they had upgraded all of their models. They're like, well, let's get rid of the old one. Here's the brand new fat calculating scale. Well, it turns out the brand new fat calculating scale has a failure rate of like 80%. It's like, you know, it's like Richie's Red Ring of Death on the Xbox. I took it home, stand on it, just like shorts out and never works again. So we go back to Sharper Image. We say, hey, uh, we just bought this scale. Now it's not working. What gives? And the guy goes, oh, yeah, those are all broken. So apparently all the Sharper Image scales. They're still on the shelf and we're still selling them. Yeah, we're still selling them, but none of them work. But it might explain why they just filed for bankruptcy yesterday. So uh, God bless her. So she went to Amazon and she found one on Amazon. This is from Omron, O-M-R-O-N. That is the name of the company. Omron. Uh... And so you stand on it, it will tell you your weight, your body fat percentage, and then your BMI, which is... Uh, I don't know. Let me just tell you what the BMI is. Your body is. mass index. Yeah, but I don't really know what that means. Uh, I sort of was making it up earlier. Just a second here. Let's see. BMI is an internationally used index to show the body condition by checking balance between height and weight. It is calculated by the following formula. BMI equals... Uh, weight in pounds divided by height in inches, divided by height in inches. And then it gives you a number. Um, and I, and, tell you what, or and then there's a graph like that. here that shows you. So there's a graph oh, that shows God. you what your body fat percentage should be, and then there's a graph that shows you what your BMI should be. Now, the great thing about the scale, Sarah, is uh, it, it has four presets. So four different people can store their height and their gender and their age in here, so you can check yourself compulsively every day if you want. So uh, Are you gonna, is it going to be here? Or is it going to be at your home? Well, I'm going to keep it at home because uh, we want to be able to use it at home, but then I'll bring it in like Fridays, and we can weigh ourselves on Fridays. <gasps> That's a great idea. And it doesn't remember your weight, obviously, but it remembers your height, your gender, and your age. So you can be like number four, four, Sarah, and then you stand on it. And so do you have to take off your shoes? Yes, you do, sadly. 
Do you have to be barefoot? Um, you do. So we have those Lysol wipe things here because that's yeah. kind of weird. So and I don't want you to have to stand something after I have. That's just that's that's odd. So um, and we won't ask Tim to do this obviously, but Richie, you are going to do this. Richie's going to stand on the scale as well. So I'm going to put that right over here. So you, me, Richie, and Laura. Yes. Yeah. That's Um, awesome. All right. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program. From Austin, Texas, where the things are something and another thing is a different thing. Uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Well, hello to you. Hi. Howdy, y'all. Or something. Howdy, howdy, y'all. Is that that really how it goes? I don't (laughs) know. I, uh, as you may be able to hear, I am standing uh, with the uh, various uh, supporters of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton as they have their shouting war. And it's actually hilarious because most of the campus is, is closed off here at uh, University of Texas, Austin. So there really is just maybe two or three cars come by about every minute or so. And uh, those two or three cars, they uh, they get an earful. Okay, will you... Will you... Obama. I'll move away from these guys. Thank you. Will, will you do me a big favor? Yes. Will you ask the Hillary people to stop saying, yes, we will? Oh, I can do that. I, can, uh, I could put a Hillary person on the phone, but I, I, I don't know. That might be too extensive. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I, I would like to tell them that that's not doing them any good at all. But yes, we will. It's not doing them any good. Okay, all right. Let's see. i got to move up the hill a little bit. All right, okay. The Hillary people. Are all right. Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, are you talking to us? I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talk- oh, yes, I am actually oh, talking well. to oh. you, Rick Emerson. But I won't be in this next minute, ladies. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. My name is Lisa. I work for CNN Radio. Hi. I have the Rick Emerson Show from Portland, Oregon, on the phone, and and Rick himself would like to ask you a question as Hillary supporters. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna pass the phone. Here you go. All right. Thank you. Hi. Hi there. With whom am I speaking? Uh, this is uh, Emily Acosta in Austin. Hi, Emily. How are you doing today? Are you from Austin or are you just there for the event? Um, actually, I'm originally from Dallas, but I go to school here in Austin. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, so you are a Hillary supporter? President! Um, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Um, are you you are a supporter of, of Senator Clinton? Sorry, one more time. Uh, that is, uh, you are a supporter of Senator Clinton? Yes, yes, sir, I am. Uh, do you want to tell me briefly uh, what is it, what is it about Hillary Clinton that you like? What what do I think of what? Yeah, what is it that, what is it about about Senator Clinton that appeals to you? Um, I mean, I I think she's the best candidate for the job. She's you know she's got 35 years of experience. She she was concerned about health care before it was a big issue in the public eye, and you know as as a young person. I, I think it's really important that we're all going to have health care, you know, the uh, Social Security system. We're worried about whether or not there's going to be money. Wouldn't it be nice to have health care? Excellent. All right, uh, Emily, uh, thank you so much. Before before we go, can I can I just ask you one thing? Yeah, certainly. Just a brief observation from an outside observer. It seems to me like Hillary ought to stop saying, uh, yes, we will. That That seems unpleasantly close to Barack Obama's catchphrase. to highlight the fact that, you know, while I, I do agree with a lot of the things that uh, Senator Obama says, and I, I think he's, he's, uh, he says a lot of great things, but, you know, Hillary Clinton's running on more than just her rhetoric. She's running on, you know, 35 years of experience and uh, dedication to public service, and I, I don't think any amount of words can replace that. Excellent. All right. Very well spoken. Thank you, Emily. You can hand the phone back to Lisa. Have a, uh, have a great uh, debate down there. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank have a great you. Day. Thank you. 
Those yeah, you know, it seems like uh, they are all, they they got the bullet points, huh? I was just going to say, but it's like I could see the talking points spooling out in front of me as she talked. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I picked her because she looked like she might actually have been just kind of a average college student that showed up, but uh, no, she got she got the bullet points. Uh, uh, the 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 only thing I can add is actually the Hillary Clinton campaign does have. Much better pizza. The Barack Obama pizza is really shabby. <laughs> um, how important is the debate tonight? Yeah, really important. Hillary Clinton has to win in Texas or it's over. It's ab over. And, and she's got to keep her lead in Texas. That lead has been eroding over the last two days, that last two weeks, actually, Rick. But the last, since Wisconsin, she's really seen that, that lead start to go in Texas. And if, if she can't win here... It's done. I crunched some numbers, and if you look at the delegates that Barack has right now and the delegates that she has, essentially, if you look at just the uh, the pledge delegates, not the super delegates, but just mm -hmm. the pledge delegates still up for grabs, she has to win 71%. By, by, she has to win with 71% of the vote in all of the rest of the contest in order to get the delegates she needs. So. She can't. She, she's not going to do it by winning states alone. She's got to win also all the most of the super delegates, and and to to do that, to pull that off, she's got to win in Texas. And I think the truth is, Rick, she's got to win by a good margin. If she wins by uh, three or four points here, five points even, it's not going to be enough. Mm. Uh, the debate is what five o'clock tonight. That's right, five o'clock West Coast time. And uh, you know, next time we do this, I'll I'll I'll, I'll screen the people first. I, uh, it was a good try. <laughs> All right, excellent. Enjoy enjoy your day. Uh, enjoy the debate. We will talk to you very soon, Lisa. Okay, great. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins in Austin, Texas. Fantastic. All right, that was pretty great. Wonderful. Yes, we will. Jesus. No, no. The worst thing ever. I didn't even get a chance to ask her about Donna Brazil's shoulder pads. Do you know who Donna Brazil is? Yeah, she, she was, was always a, on those CNN shows. She's talking head. She was an advisor to the Gore campaign. Yeah. Biggest shoulder pads I have ever seen. Like seriously, what, like, they, they, they like in 2008 or like like last night. Oh. They they make they make her look like she is about 12 feet across. I mean, she's not an unattractive woman, but they. I mean, it really it's. I mean, it's it, it's really intense. It's like she just came off the set of Dynasty. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, all right. Well, let's do this. Let's uh, take a break here in just one second. Uh, well, <coughs> pardon me, come back with more. It's 503-733-2970. Around the corner, Tim Riley has the new news hour for you. Uh, later on, James Roop will join us. Uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Gavin Dawson will join us in the studio as well. And uh, we'll find out exactly how fat I am. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We come back right after this. Stay there. It's AM 970. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970 at the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An embassy has been set on fire. This is happening at Belgrade, Serbia. Uh, they're mad because we let Kosovo break away from them and establish a uh, country all by themselves. Considerable police forces with special vehicles, uh, uh, special equipment, etc., are still being unable, unable to take control of the streets. What? 
What? No, you don't please you have to play the Considerable <laughs> police forces with special vehicles, uh, uh, special equipment, etc., are still being unable unable to take control of the streets. Okay. That's Vlasic Miglos, who's in uh, Belgrade. He says when thousands of his uh, countrymen take to the streets, violence does happen. Uh, you will always have a, a, a pretty sizable minority uh, of extreme right-wing chauvinists, uh, football fan tribes, uh, neo-Nazis, and people like that. Football fan tribes and neo-Nazis. To attack Western embassies. What country are they running over there? That's Serbia. That you have football fan that tribes. That is the country of Slovano Milosevic. Boy, you know, without that guy around to keep a boot on things. Yeah. Jesus. It all falls apart, doesn't it? Suddenly you have, quote, football fans and Nazis who <laughs> are ruining everything. Well, they set our embassy on fire. It's like a That's sitcom. what we get by helping people. Don't they set our embassies on fire everywhere? They haven't in a while. No, they've been too busy setting fire to those uh, those buildings in Denmark for running the picture of Mohammed. Yeah. yeah. Crazy people. Yeah. Uh, the toilet baby's doing much better. Uh, the young girl who was put on the toilet in uh, Valentine's Day has been released from Emanuel Hospital, and now she's living with a loving foster family. The uh, girl's 21-year-old mother gave birth in the bathroom during a break in her shift at Meadow Park Health and Specialty Care Center in St. Helens. She worked there. So uh, I guess they can take care of your children well, too. Uh, apparently, uh, let's see here. St. Helens Police in the investigation revealed a conscious effort by the mother to kill the baby and cover up her existence. Well, it didn't work. Somebody found the baby and and uh, tied it off and set it away, and now it's fine. And is the mom being beaten severely in a room somewhere? It, it doesn't say. That would be really satisfying. She is employed as a certified nursing assistant, <laughs> and she's been there for three months at Meadow Park. She also has a three-year-old boy who was taken away. Uh, somebody else discovered the uh, baby in the toilet. They called 911, and uh, the baby's fine now. Yeah. So what a thing to do to your baby on Valentine's. Seriously. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, this is Grant, long-time listener. Love the show. Hello. Hi. And actually, I just uh, I, I started listening. You guys were talking about Hillary Clinton, and of course, you struck a nerve with me because you know this is the time of life for politics. And I just got to say that America needs change. Ugh. Obama is that agent of change. Wait, if hold on. Want... Let's stop yes? for a second. Are you do... now? Is this? Are you doing? You're like calling a... with the sentence "agent of change." Are you doing like a bit? Now? No, man. I'm dead serious. Please I mean, don't this use is one the of word... things I'm totally passionate about. Please, right? please don't use the word change. Please don't okay, say change. I'll, I'll, I'll change my entire mode. How's that? <laughs> okay. you, you want to break a dollar I'll bill? I'll change my approach. All right. Now, if hold you want to see, uh, let me just tell you this, man. If you want to see the polarization of American politics and the complete stalemate in terms of progress in this nation, get a Clinton back in the White House. You want to see people work together and actually be a team again? Let's try something different. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I am an agent for more of the. Just more of the same. I know. I'm. I'm not. Please don't. I'm not trying to. uh, Not trying to diminish your call. I appreciate the fact that you have passion about. No, we're all for bringing people together. Well, I'm not. That's the thing is, I don't really care. I'm really not. I don't. I don't care. I. We're for separating people and burning down embassies. Well, there is a place in America for your brand of nihilism, Rick, and that's why I continue to listen to you. That place is eleven to three. That's really my whole thing. Here's the thing: is it if. If it's Obama and McCain, it's just going to be a singularly boring and uninteresting uh, election this fall. It's just, just going to be nothing thrilling or gripping about it in any way. I mean, so, if you're looking at it for just, you know, fun sound bites that we can chuckle value. at for the next four years, then, yeah, let's get Clinton in there and we can we can have a nice chuckle and have no progress. But if we want progress and we want to see this country get some of its glory back, then let's do something different. I suppose. Yeah, the thing about it is... It, 
it's like that. What was Tim? Are you pointing out those stories where people are fainting at Barack Obama? As a matter of fact, somebody fainted at Hillary's. Now, yes. We're not sure if that's a paid fainter. Oh, of course, it's a paid fainter. Where the box lunch throwing it for seventy five dollars. <laughs> like how um, Brian Epstein used to hire those girls to throw jelly beans at the Beatles. Um, in any event, no. The the thing about the about the Barack campaign is it is as I said uh, a couple days ago, and I'm not. I don't mean to be uh, flip about this, but. No. People who talk about the Barack, the Barack Obama campaign is increasingly just about how great the Barack Obama campaign is. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of self-fulfilling in that sense, yes. But it is, it's it's a lot. And he rides down rainbows on the back of a magical unicorn. But there is substance behind it. And you're, you're, you're kind of playing into the, the Clintonian spin that's being put on this campaign that it's a celebration of itself. When actually there is some substance to it, and we are kind of glancing over that for want of a better soundbite, I guess. Well, I mean, I, I do believe that... Um, uh, I do the, uh, believe that Barack Obama is somewhat self-congratulatory, but I also believe Hillary Clinton's evil. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, amen. Thanks a lot. Best right. show ever. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, there you go. That's, uh, there you go. When he called up and he said, I want change, and he's an agent of change, did you think for a minute that he was kind of, uh, that, you know, that he was doing like I, a... I thought he thought shit. he was calling uh, KPOJ. See, but I wasn't. What's that? Oh, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Something I hear tell <laughs> out there. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, but I thought for I thought he was like kind of doing a bit or something, like he was yeah. going to see how many of the uh, of the campaign slogans he could he could work in. So no, no, I mean I'm not trying to be like reflexively, you know, whatever about Barack Obama. It's just I don't know. I uh, I, I, I it's like I just sort of expect everybody to join hands and begin swinging around in a circle and throwing daisies at each other. Mass hysteria, and, really, honestly. So, but I will I will say this though. He is a much better uh, speaker than than Hillary Clinton because he just he's very natural about it. Mm. Like you can, t I don't. I think he's gotten much better on the stump than he used to be. He used to be so terribly wooden and dull and, and stilted, and he's really flourished. Whereas Hillary Clinton has just become ever more wooden and unlikable. Uh, where she's just got that. Hillary Clinton has that weird that frozen plastic surgery smile, like that woman in the movie Brazil, where the where the smile is just sort of glued onto her face and is immobile. In any event. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, yes, we can. We need uh, an agenda that people are excited about please. again in America. We need to believe that we can, we will solve our problems. Now, I believe that we can set those big goals again. I know we can. Yes, we will. 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 Oh, my God. Look at her. She's doing We will have an economy that once again we'll have an economy. creates prosperity and jobs for the middle class and hardworking Americans who have been overlooked oh. by right. this administration. It's almost time for somebody to faint. I'm They've not <laughs> Hang on. seen what I see. Hold I on. I feel one of my spells coming on. Invisible in America. Oh, that's 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 People sensitive, Hillary, right jobs there. Jobs have been shipped overseas, and nobody seems to care. People who have what about my tech support? Those who are taking their jobs, and nobody seemed to notice what an insult it was to ask somebody. Oh, we need a doctor right here. Yeah, here we go, Fainter. Okay. Oh God, really? So we Thank can't you. serve, Mr. Secret Service man. Would you hand that water? Over here. Because she cares. Pass that water down there. And she's one of the people, too. Mr. Secret Service Man. She's one of us. Okay. And maybe, um, is there is there a doctor or EMT, a parent? Here comes because somebody. Thank you very, very much. Is this an opportunity for her to work on a health care comment? Mm -hmm. 
Uh. Well, you know, we got a little hot on the rhetoric. Oh, God. Stop it. But it's worth getting excited about our country and excited about our future. Well, okay. Well, there you go. Again, creates prosperity and jobs. Are you just crying? Are you yes, just... we will. Stop. Yes, Stop we will. Yes, I knew you were doing will. that. Yes, we will. You got will. that sort of glint in yes, your eye and you kind of will. arched your right yes. eyebrow and I could tell you were going yes, back and... Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. You know that somebody yes, right now is creating will. some sort of YouTube yes, video where this will. loops for like an hour. All right. Jesus, God almighty. Ugh. And so the debate is tonight, and then... Uh, Does it the... matter that people are debating at this point? Well, no, no probably not. That's the thing. Is I never have the heart to ask Lisa questions like that. when it Does it, does it matter at all? Um, and I mean... I guess it does to the, because they always say, you know, the three million people watch the debate in a country of 300 million. So it really doesn't uh, matter. It does. And I will say this, though. I, and I apologize, by the way, for everybody who feels like we're getting bogged down in politics today. But Hillary's just so unrelentingly uh, hideous. Um, and for it, those who said that we never criticize Hillary, I, you know, I, look, stupid is stupid. <laughs> There's just no getting around it. <laughs> dumb is dumb. We don't care. We're here for the sheer entertainment I, value of the whole thing. That's my whole thing. As Grant said, there's room for our particular brand of nihilism. So, hello, fellow nihilists. Um, but I will say um, that uh, for people who, because there's been this whole, you know, the conventional wisdom is she's got to get out and she's got to throw in a towel. And Dennis was talking about that. And there was, I saw some article in uh, Dig or something about that yesterday. There was, you know, is it time for Hillary Clinton to get out? And the thing is, like, you know, he's won. They make a lot about how she's won or she's lost 10 in a row now to Obama. But if you look at the delegate count, I think they're still within 60 delegates of each other. Yeah. I mean, it's still there, there like a, in places that matter. Yeah, it is a, it is a dead heat. Uh, and the fact that she won the two most populous states uh, in the country. She won New York and California. So it's, uh, I mean, the, 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 I mean the, the sort of people who think that the math is such that she has to get out right now are the same people who have to have the Electoral College explained to them every four years. I mean, they're still within a handful. Now, that may end on, you know, he may cream her in Texas, in which case uh, she is, uh, as Lisa said, hosed. But uh, remain the vice president. Well... And then when McCain wins, he can have Condoleezza Rice as his running mate. Look, here's, oh, how great would that be? It doesn't get any greater than that. Oh, come on! That would oh, be... why are you going to put that in my head? Now I'm just going to sit and think about that all day. I have something else to tell you. McCain and Condoleezza Rice versus Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. I had oh, a head full of thoughts all all over. yesterday. Really? Yeah. Did you write down your thoughts? I didn't know. I started jotting down all of my stupid observations. Hey, like, do you want to hear one of my dumb observations? Yes. This is the sort of thing that I write down. This is what I spend my time doing. Uh, I, I have two of them here. One of them is, everybody uses the phrase speedo. As a punchline, but I don't really know what a Speedo is. Is a Speedo a particular brand, or is it a particular type of clothing? Is it a cut, or is it simply a company? Speedo. Speedo's the company. But I mean, when you, that guy was just wearing nothing but a Speedo. Well, those are like bikini... Like well, it's like saying he had on the Band-Aid. The, the, the brand name is known for the product. So Speedo is... Uh, that is synonymous with unflattering male briefs? Well, it all depends on the male wearing them and the lady's point of view. So the so the Borat uh, is that like is a speedo like the yeah, thing the Borat has? Be attractive on a good, they're like the shiny little like bikini bottoms for men. But you know what I'm talking about that that thing that Borat had where it's like the yellow and then it's like a, it's it's like the yellow underwear that he then looped up over his shoulder and he's going like this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's like. Is that like a speedo? But that's that's like a unitard speedo. <laughs> it's a something tart. Uh, all right, so there you go. So that's those are the sort of dumb observations that I write down. 
Man, John McCain and Condoleezza Rice and uh, Obama and Hillary. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be fantastic. Here's the thing. I would gladly accept her being at the VP slot. That would be fine with me, just as long as she's in so that it irritates 50% of the country. That's all I care about. Just as, she, just as long as she's there just being a thorn in the side of half of America. That's really, that's all that matters to me. Just as long as she's still, you know what, if they want to give her a, uh, if they want to give her a smaller role, that's fine. As long as she's on stage. I don't care. Have her Tanya Watch. Here's your Tanya Watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, this guy notes that you can tell that Hillary really has a thing for the common man since she calls the Secret Service guy, who she presumably has known for 15 years, Mr. Secret Service Guy. <laughs> That's not like that Roseanne thing where she just calls him by, you, five. All right, here's Tim Riley with your Tanya watch. So Oregon's most famous bad girl is finally embracing her own legend. <laughs> Opening tonight, Tanya and dancing the rock opera. That's right, at the World Trade Center, right? At the World Trade Center. It's uh, going to be there for uh, three weeks, at least three weeks. So if it does better, it might stay longer. Now, we ought to get the uh, uh, Richie Bristol, uh, the guy who did this Nancy and Tanya the musical. We ought to get him on. Oh, we could ask Richie to do that. Yeah, yeah, I forget the guy's name. His name escapes me. But there's some guy who I think wrote and is directing Tanya and Nancy the musical. So we should totally try to get him on the show. All right. And uh, let's see some of the reviews. The Boston Herald says, love the opera. It's a real knee slapper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from ESPN Magazine, art imitates sports history from the uh, Oregonian edgy and dark and musically fun. I love things that are edgy. They have songs entitled Whip Her Butt and Estacada. Uh, simple lyrics. When you wake up sleeping in your car in Estacada, because your house is surrounded by reporters in the FBI. So uh, the show runs uh, through March 9th. And uh, I guess Tanya is uh, scheduled to show up there tonight for the opening. Really? No one told me. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, all right. Of course, you could change your mind. So uh, this is pieced together from uh, news articles, tabloid reports, and actual quotes from the two skaters. Fantastic. It debuted on the East Coast. So, uh, well, you want to workshop something like that before you come in the, before you come and play it in the hometown. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So it begins tonight at the World Trade Center. Don't All right. Is, is there a website for that, does it say? I mean, I guess I could just Google it or something. Um, no. All right. It's called Tanya and Nancy, a rock opera. Yeah. Tanya and Nancy, a rock opera. Yeah, I'm all over that. Tanya and Nancy. Rock opera. Yeah, we'll see if we can get that guy on the show. Fantastic. You know, uh, I wonder if that's... Well, she probably doesn't... She'd come to the any royalties in that anyway, because it's all... She's a public figure. Right. So that's all stuff taken out of the... It's like that play I saw, A Life After Scandal, that play I saw in London, where it was all about people whose lives had just been destroyed by the British tabloids. So, fantastic. Excellent. Oh, wait. Here's somebody I think who uh, can talk about that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, yeah. The, uh, the guy that's putting that on is uh, Don Horn. Uh-huh. And I actually heard him being interviewed yesterday afternoon... Uh, by Daria. Don Horn. Yeah, well, no, wait, wait. And he had made the comment that Tanya is going to be there tomorrow, and she has a contract of what she will and won't do, and what she will do is do radio interviews. Really? So if you got a hold of him and said, we would love to interview Tanya Harding. Jesus, and you talk about something I've been trying to do for like a decade. Now, at this point, it would almost be an anticlimax. 
You know what I mean? It was just, with with you in charge of the interview, it would never. Did the be uh, did what's his name Don Horn? Did he sound like he could string a sentence together? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, although he does kind of have the uh, dog, the bounty hunter kind of look to him. He's on the co- on the uh, front of the uh, uh, Portland Tribune, uh, Portland Life section. All right, today. excellent. I'll check it out. All right, thank you, my friend. Yep. Bye. All right, there you go. Well, look at it. How great would that be? I could just check it off my list of things to do before I die, once and for freaking all. All right, there's your Tanya watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Did you ever have to play this song as a country jock? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the standard. And I remember there was a hideous, like there was a club mix of that song that came out too, mm-hmm. where it was, uh, it was, it, you know, it was like that boot scootin' boogie thing, but there was, it was trashy women, but with a whole lot of underneath. Who thought that was a? Have you ever heard any of those, Sarah? Those horrible dance boot scoot boogie. Oh, but yeah. But like, the, but like the club mixes that came out. Come on, I lived in Hick Towns, of course. <laughs> That's... I'm gonna find one of those. But old... even normal people went out and bought all that cowboy stuff back then. Oh yeah, in the early nineties. No, I'm gonna, man, we'll find one of those and we'll play it later. It's hard to believe. That we went through a time when it was considered socially acceptable to have a Garth Brooks song with a drum machine underneath it. All right, we'll find that. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Who looked at the moon last night? Uh, I did. Did you see it? Well, it was all it was all sooty and covered with cloth. It was uh, orangey. Uh, a lot of people went out and they were quite impressed by the orange moon. Awesome! It's awesome. It's like the next one won't be until like 2010, Mom. Right. It says like on this excited out. I love space. Yes, the moon is for children. Really weird how the shadow just out of nowhere comes across. And I can see why. People used to think there's a dragon eating it. <laughs> Who used to think that? <laughs> Apparently this uh, precocious youngster. I'm sorry, what? What? No one ever thought there was a dragon in the moon. Right really now. weird how the shadow just out of nowhere comes across. And I can see why. People used to think there's a dragon. You know who that kid is? You know who that kid is? That's that kid that's in that PSA we run about, uh, my name is, what's his name? My name is Ronald Hoffman, and I invented a lost cat magnet. Have you heard that PSA we oh run about the kid God, who invents yes. the lost cat magnet? I, I need did to not. find my cat. Don't invent a lost cat magnet. Um, that's it. Can you play that one with the first half of that? Just the, this is that guy. Really weird how the shadow just out of nowhere comes across. That's totally the lost cat magnet kid. I've never heard the lost cat magnet PSA. Oh, it's awful. You haven't heard that. Oh, it makes no. me want to drive ten penny nails into my ears. I mean, it's wonderful. Is it a Humane Society one? No, it's from the... Uh, is this Invent- a real invention? It's from inventnow.org. I suspect it's not a real invention. That's a good point. We should sue him Have for... Have you possible. ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? <laughs> that's all I can tell There you go. That's it. There's a dragon in the moon. Well, it's a good idea. Bro. How come this kid knows this old fable and we don't? I've never heard You've probably heard the old story of an eclipse that was caused by a dragon eating the moon or sun. That's stupid. That, that no, one ever be, no one ever believed that. Maybe I've never even, your parents. I've never even heard that. Maybe your mother didn't read the story about the moon that was eaten by the dragon. Did, were, were you read that story? No, but I remember Good Night Moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, My parents are too busy. <laughs> um... So, well, all right. And so this, so what is the deal? So last night, the eclipse was caused by the, uh, what's it, the Earth lining, I'm so dumb, Earth, Earth lining up the with the sun, the or yeah. with the moon. Yes. So the sun shone past the Earth, but we were in such a position that we blocked the moon. But the moon was still visible. That doesn't make any sense. 
Why can I still see the moon? Somebody put up an orange sheet in front of the moon. But I'm saying I can still see it. Is it that the sun is so powerful that some of the light gets around regardless or something? Yes. And the moon is powerful in itself. The moon isn't powerful. Well, the moon is bright. It's, the, it's, it's brighter than, than a spy satellite. Isn't the moon only bright because it reflects the I don't light think the moon the generates its own light. It might have some fluorescent spotlight next to it. <laughs> it has some, has some sort of it has some sort of phosphorescent property. No, we're not. People from Mom's you won't educate us. Hey, what did, do they expect? That's true. Did you see? We that, tried to get knowledge. Did you see, see that thing the other day that like 19% of Americans uh, think that the sun revolves around the Earth? At least I know that's not true. Also, I think something like 29% of Americans did not know from which country we uh, fought the war. Of, you know, we gained our independence. So we're still brighter than like the average moron. All right, well, there you go. So there was a thing. And then, coincidentally, that's the same night that apparently we, on the first try, the first shot try. down the spy satellite. Jeez. Not bad. That was just good luck. Yeah, sure. That's American. No, it's American technology. American know-how. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. A uh, mailman has confessed to destroying trees on his Vancouver mail route. Dozens of fruit trees have been damaged. But one neighbor said, I stopped counting at 30. They have not released the mailman's name. Uh, for 10 days, the mailman delivered a headache along with the mail. And uh, they thought the kids were responsible, but no, this was an adult. Uh, the damage was all over the first place neighborhood. That's the uh, street address. The uh, U.S. Post Office said the mail carrier confessed to the crime and has apologized to several uh, neighbors. He's under investigation. He's still working delivering mail, though. Uh, the Postal Service will compensate the homeowners for the loss. But they really want a new mailman. So they'll settle for a compromise. We will take corrective action to make sure it never happens again, says the Post Office. According to the Postal Service, the mailman has been disciplined, but they won't specify on how. So what was Maybe the manner of the, wire brush. the tree destruction? What, what was he, he doing? He felt the trees were hitting his truck. And so, but what did he do? He broke the branches off. With what? I don't know, with his bare hands? <laughs> if, the, if the trees are high enough that they're hitting, what, did he scale the trees? I guess he broke them off as he was going down. All right. And you think you ought to be disciplined with a wire brush? Perhaps so. That's the best part of the story is your, your suggested punishment for him. <laughs> you ought to be beaten with a whisk. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, what you could see through when the when the moon was completely blocked by the sun was the sunrise um, coming up around the world. So that's Wait, whoa, whoa, you're thing. going way too oh, fast. Hold cool. on. Okay. What? So when when the when we were in the Earth the was way, blocking the Earth was blocking the sun from hitting the moon last night. From hitting the moon last night, and what you could see was the moon's reflection off Earth's sunrises around the world. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Are you making that's that really up? Cool. No, no, I, I I know this for sure. That's I watched it on the news. So uh, All right, that's that's whatever. Hey, let me ask you this: Did you ever hear that the moon was eaten by a dragon? Uh, no, yeah, but nobody's, uh, nobody's could ever. have been some psychedelic drugs. All right, thank you. Yep. All right, yeah, that's it. Nobody's ever heard All right, so it says the Chinese believe that an eclipse was caused by a celestial dragon eating the sun. Really? Hello? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hi. Sorry, I was expecting Richie. I'm sorry, hold on, let me put you on hold. Richie, talk to whoever's on line three. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, anyway... Uh, oh, the beatings have begun in Belgrade, where the people said our uh, embassy on fire. <laughs> Excellent. It all began when the American flags were set on fire. Once they were burned, they started burning down our building. Oh, wait, hold on. When you say beatings, this is us beating Belgradians? No, no, Belgradian police beating Belgradians. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and now these people are throwing themselves onto moving military vehicles, and you can't expect them to stop, really. They're trying to disperse the crowds, but uh, let's see. Civilians are throwing sticks, cans, and crowbars at police and military vehicles. 
So uh, some of these people are going to end up disappearing before the end of the day. Of course. Well, no, and I mean that's that's one of those parts of the world where they don't even really have to have secret prisons. No. I mean they they can just you know what are you doing? Well, we're going to take you away and put you in a small hole for the next eighty years. There's really nothing you're going to do about that. And uh, speaking of uh, well, some of these problem countries around the world, a uh, television station in the country of oh Turkmenistan, one of those stand countries. A TV station in Turkmenistan is under investigation after a cockroach was seen scaring across the anchorman's desk during the live broadcast. Turkmenistan's national station was bombarded with calls from disgusted viewers saying it really ruined their appetite as they were watching during dinner when they saw a cockroach during the main evening news program. The Minister of Culture has ordered an internal investigation into the channel. That's fantastic. The uh, Can I just tell you this, by the way? Over 30 people have been fired so far because of the because cockroach. Because of a cockroach. It's good to see that they've lightened up over there. Yeah. That they're no longer an, an oppressive totalitarian regime. 30 people have been fired due to the cockroach. <laughs> I love the idea that it's just some guy in the back room having his hand smashed with a mallet. Just because there's a cockroach that crawled across the desk. What are the, I mean, and there's a, there's a light bulb hanging by one wire going back and forth as people are interrogated. Who is responsible for the cockroach? on that guy with a black it. bag and a crowbar. Where did the cockroach come from? <laughs> the hell is wrong with people? More from that area of the world. That doesn't make any sense at all. A Romanian all. school teacher is in trouble for allegedly shooting a student in class with a rubber bullet for being rude. <laughs> well, who can blame her? Jane Ellie, who teaches math, has been suspended and is under investigation also... I like uh, how she's under investigation. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's a he, and his name is Jane. So he's merely under investigation for actually shooting a student. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a cockroach is on the desk of the news station, and they fired 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he denies allegations, claiming his rubber bullet gun, for which he has a license, fired accidentally while he was moving it to his pocket. <laughs> but students said he wanted to teach a lesson to the 15-year-old who called the girl a goat during a lunch break. The teacher allegedly asked the student, how do you want this to end? You want me to beat you or shoot you? Uh, oh, take me uh, to Turkmenistan, where cockroaches uh, crawl on the anchor desk on the evening news. And teachers pistol whip their students. But I like them, and then they gave the kid a choice. A beating or a shooting, it is on you. Uh, teacher's pet. I was... <laughs> I was afraid that once the once the wall came down, we wouldn't have stories like this anymore. No, no, no. Oh, it's great. Only the smart ones left. Oh. That leaves behind several million more. That's great. Can I just bother? I was at a Seven Eleven or something the other day, and there's you know that thing where they have the security camera, but then the monitor for the camera is actually, you know, like there's a TV behind the counter, so you can like see yourself, so you can see that you're on, you can see that you're being recorded. And I, it was funny because I guess there was some, like a like a, a gnat or a fly or something had landed on the lens of the camera, and so I'm busy, you know. And of course, at, you know, it's the force of habit. It's a television. You look at it. So I'm standing there waiting for the guy to ring up my hot dog or whatever. And I look over the security camera. And there is what appears to be a giant 50 foot fly, sort of <laughs> advancing on everybody in the store. It kind of freaked me out for a second. I'm looking at the security, you know, monitor going, oh, Jesus, God! And then I just realized it was just like crawling at the camera lens. It was. I wanted to take a photo of it though. Just a photo of me on a television with a massive fly the size of a Volkswagen encroaching on me. Um, all right. Oh, hey, this is, uh, I think this might be uh, Andy. Oh, damn it. Have I turned off my Andy sounder? I think this might be Andy, Andy. the uh, Andy, the not-so-nutty homeschooled kid. Speaking of pistol-whipping students, I think he might want to educate us about the uh, the eclipse. Hello, Andy. 
Hello, I'm calling once, and now I have a sounder. Yay. How's life, Mandy? How are things? Good. And stories like that whipping and shooting one is why I'm homeschooled. Yes. That your parents whip and shoot you? Or is it more of like a psychological punishment? Sort of a mental cruelty thing at your house? Not really, no. Okay. Getting nothing here. All right. Uh, What is it? Yes. The reason the moon was visible is not because of a sunrise. Uh Uh-huh. It's because the sun being larger than Earth, it still slightly shines through. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. On a scale of one to five, five being the most wrong, how wrong was that guy with his answer? About three or four. All right. He still... Sunlight had something to do with it. That's about as far as he got. <laughs> In your face, guy. Owned. Um, but what happens is the sun is, sun's light is still passing through parts of the atmosphere, which acts like a prism, making orange light be cast on the moon. Excellent. All right. So it uh, it does that. What is it? What do you call it? Refracting it or whatever? Yeah, refracting. Same thing happens with why the sky is blue. I'm still kind of confused on why the sky is blue, but is that that the atmosphere itself reflect, refracts the light of the sun? Yes. Well, because ah. the sun's light contains pretty much every color, how it, how the light gets reflected affects what color we see. Let me ask you this. Why does some water on Earth appear to be blue and other water appears to be green? Um, I'm not sure. I think that has more to do with the algae content. All right. Excellent. All right, Andy, thank you so much. You're welcome. There you go. That is uh, Andy, the homeschool kid. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Let's do uh, one more here and then we'll break. Uh, so getting back to this riot in uh, Belgrade, uh, Serbia's president, Boris Tadic, is uh, on an official vacation in Romania, so he's not there to witness that. Who vacations in Romania? Bor- president Boris. Laura. I'm going to go to the, yeah, yeah, my wife. Go to the Vlad the Impaler theme park, please. So uh, he's urging a, uh, an end to the violence. So somebody just broke into a McDonald's, and uh, let's see, 30 people are injured, and the people at the clinic said all these protesters are extremely drunk. And uh, they ran out of American flags to burn, so they did find a red and black Albanian flag to set on fire, and that's just going to have to do for now. <laughs> in, in a pinch. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So that's that. They're appealing for calm. <laughs> as okay. calm as things get there. Okay. Oh, somebody found some drawings uh, by Adolf Hitler. A museum Hitler. director in Norway said the drawings were found hidden in a painting signed A.H. Hmm, what could that mean? A.H. It was brought to Washington, Germany, for roughly $300. It is, quote, 100% certain the sketches were done by Hitler. The German dictator uh, made a... Well, he tried to make a living as an artist. Uh, there are three colored cartoons depicting dwarfs from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and they were all initialed A.H. They also found uh, a Pinocchio drawing, too. That's unsigned. It's thought that was also a, uh, drawn by really? Hitler. Honestly? Yeah. He sat around dra- drawing uh, dwarfs and Pinocchios when he was uh, burning down the world. I guess... I was just going to ask, are these from when he was a child? It doesn't say. Or is this when he was like... Well, he spent a lot of time in the bunker. What are you supposed to do all day? 40 and bombing everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't really... I guess you think of Adolf Hitler's drawing big piles of severed heads or something, you know? I pictured him doing a lot of sort of a... You know, like it would be like the large dragon with like like a goblet made out of a skull clutched in one of its claws or something. Not, you know, Pinocchio. Well, all right, there you go. Only one Pinocchio, though, so it's probably rare. Uh, let's see. All right, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Around the corner, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, later on, James Roop, Gavin Dawson, and the Fat Scale. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
by the way, the best thing about getting the scratch tail was that, uh, like, I was out walking my dog when the UPS guy arrived. And so we had ordered it from Amazon because the one from Sharper Image, you'll never guess, was broken. And so we get another one from Amazon. I'm out walking Max. UPS, you know, the big brown truck that pulls up. Keep in mind, I'm standing nowhere in front of my house. Like, there's my house, and then I am across the street and down the block. So the UPS guy is kind of slowly rolling down the street looking for my house. And at one point, he stops, and he sort of leans out, and he's, like, peering at the different house numbers. And I, you know, I said to him, you know, his number, but I said, the, I said, hey, are, I said, by chance, are, you know, do you have a package for, you know, do you have a package for 6,500? And he goes, 6,500, is that you? And I go, yeah. And he goes, here you go. And he hands me the box. And I said, do I have to sign for that? And he goes, no, you're fine. And he just drives off. So attention thieves in my neighborhood. Apparently, you no longer actually, you don't have to like be at the house. You don't even have to be standing in front of the house. You can just be anywhere on my street and tell the UPS guy that, yes, the package is for you. So there you go. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll fire this up here in just a short while and see if I am underweight, normal, overweight, or obese. We'll uh, find Those are the categories? Our... Oh, yeah. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> uh, they don't have a morbidly obese. I'm assuming it just at that point just begins flashing red and smoking. Here's Tim Riley. So John McCain is blasting that New York Times article questioning his ties to a female lobbyist from eight years ago. At a news conference in Ohio, he denied any impropriety. He was asked about his relationship with 40-year-old Vicki Eisman. I have many friends in Washington who represent various interests and those who don't, and uh, I consider her a friend. Nothing wrong with having a lady friend. He says it's a false story. At no time have I ever done anything that would betray the public trust. I'm very disappointed in the New York Times uh, piece. It's not true. So he brings up his smiling wife, who has those death ray eyes. I don't think she has any choice but to smile. I mean, she really is freaky looking. I have uh, a great email from a guy. He says, Rick, as I sit here watching the victory speech of John McCain and how he says evil is before us, I can't help but think, no, sir, the evil is standing to your right. Dear God Almighty, what is that thing standing next to John McCain? Is that his wife or some evil reptile alien wearing a too tight human mask? Just wanted to wear my uh, share my thoughts and shock on this matter. Well, obviously, I'm very disappointed in the New York Times, and more importantly, my children and I not only trust my husband, but know that he would never do anything to not only disappoint our family, but disappoint the people of America. He's a man of great character. He's, of course, he would never do anything to disappoint your family, even though I do believe he dumped his first wife for you. Mm. So you know. So you can see a, a picture of this alleged mistress on uh, my webpage today. You know, wow. Is that a recent photo? Yeah, I believe so. Boy, that's, okay, is that real? Of course Wait, it who is. who is that? That's not her. Yes, it is. Who is that a photo of, Tim? That's oh, the mistress. Oh, you know who that is. <laughs> Silly boy. Um, I, I, I sort of looked at that with one eye, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? The only photo I've seen of the lobbyist is like this tiny little inch, inch you by inch. Is, right? is the better one? No. Is, you don't watch television enough. Who is don't. that? That's, that's oh, I can't remember her name, but she's from Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, no, no, no. See, I don't watch Ab Fab, as they call Ab-fab. it. Ab Fab. No, no, no. the only person in the world that doesn't. What oh, kind of a man are you? I'm sorry. 
That show is hilarious. I don't know that what kind of man I am. I, I'm sorry. I'm an anchor man. Okay, but it was the bottle of vodka in the hand that kind of gave it away. But the I, old, I had you spooked for no, a minute. No, you, no, you, you know what? If you guys hadn't clarified it, because the only photo I've seen that's so great. You should see how many people you can swindle with that by the end of the day. It's at RileyLive.com. The, the only photograph I've seen of the lobbyists is this tiny half-inch by half-inch photo like really fuzzy and out of focus that the New York Times had stuck in the piece. So I thought maybe that was in one of her moments of, uh, when, you know, she was kicking up her heels, maybe. Maybe she closed an important deal with John McCain and was celebrating with a big bottle of vodka and a cigarette. Wonderful. Didn't they try to do some horrible American version of that show? Did they try to do an American uh, translation of Absolutely Fabulous? I'm trying to remember. Like they you did. know, I, I think they tried to do that with that, uh, that Sybil show. That sitcom of the 90s? No. That had, what's her name? They tried to make it like that, but it didn't come out No, because uh, they, they did like a terrible uh, Faulty Towers uh, knockoff But you can't do America. that on commercial TV. Had they done it on cable, perhaps. I'm surprised that Showtime or HBO hasn't given that another, you know, especially in a post-Sex in the City era, yeah. where everybody's trying to kind of get that female uh, viewership. And, you know, there's big money and women boozing it up. So that's a great photograph, though. You, told, you had me fooled for a second. Thanks. Uh, John McCain's campaign manager, Rick Davis, compares uh, this story to those found in gossip magazines at the checkout counter. This is the worst kind of sort of tabloid journalism that they've decided to enter into here. They've somehow uncovered some kind of a mystery is ridiculous, and they don't put any facts into their story other than quotes from two unnamed sources. Liberals, of course. Uh, to Massachusetts, we go for this story about a man facing two counts of threatening to commit murder after an incident at their DMV. An employee says Gary Woodbury walked into the building and threatened to kill them. Uh, the man said, if you listen to what he said, it was all a bit misleading. The incident allegedly took place after the 53-year-old Woodbury was denied a state-issued ID. A worker told police the customer was irate and the guy stated, quote, I should line up you girls and shoot you all, unquote. Uh, Woodbury denies he threatened to shoot the girls. That I made was they should line you people up. And quote unquote, they should line you people up quote unquote. in a room, go over all everything, all the information, so all your people are all in sync with your information. I'm sure that's what he said. <laughs> I'm sure, exactly. We want to have you all in sync with this information. <laughs> Lined up against a wall. Wonderful. Well, caught up in another lie. Uh, well, the remnants of Tony Blair's Britain, Britain's foreign secretary, has admitted the U.S. did use a British base. For those uh, rendition flights, mm -hmm. uh, for those non-existent prisons in, in Poland and all our new allies where we took people and allegedly tortured them. Quote-unquote quote tortured them. Uh, uh, we had to refuel those planes somewhere, and we used the, uh, the British Isle of uh, Diego Garcia. David Miliband insists our previous denials have been made in good faith and said the truth will only come to light after the U.S. Uh, searches their records. Whatever this all means. In both cases, a U.S. plane with a single detainee on board refueled at the U.S. facility in Diego Garcia. The de detainees did not leave the plane, and the U.S. government has assured us that no U.S. De detainees have ever been held on Diego Garcia. Boy, this is, you know, how much do you think Tony Blair and everybody around him just regrets that they ever got into bed with George W. Bush? Yeah. Just a single, single, it's like a girl you, you, like, go out with once, and she gets your number some and won't quit calling you. Just will never, like, years later. You know what this is? This England is shacking up with George W. Bush on just this whole retarded war on terror thing. This is like the girl you see once, and then eight years later, she's on your porch with a tow-headed youngster. That's exactly what this is. It just never goes away. Uh, Spike TV's wrestling show, TNA Impact, 
is giving the WWE a run for its money. T and A? That's what it says. T and A. Not mm-hmm. T and A. Oh, I see. Letter T, letter N, letter A. T and A. Yeah. Right. There's no T and A in this. Ra- well, I don't know who's wrestling. The program's ratings have doubled in the past year, and uh, it's all in part uh, due to the wrestlers who are participating. TNA Impact star Kurt Angle said he left the WWE for TNA for a better life. I thought, well, well why, not, why, why don't I go down there, help those guys make history, instead of and have a purpose rather than just being some talent that this company's going to chew up and spit out when I'm when I'm broken down. Did he just come back from the dentist? <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I keep expecting him to appear. Ah, never mind. I was going to make a dog the bounty hunter joke there, but all right. Uh, in case you missed it, a missile launched by a U.S. Navy cruiser soared 130 miles an hour above the Pacific and smashed into a dying and potentially deadly U.S. spy satellite last night. Uh, defense officials say it apparently achieved the main aim of destroying the onboard tank of toxic fuel. They expressed cautious optimism that the missile would hit the target, but of course, since it is American, it worked on the first try. Of course. Uh, let's see. So they told the planes not to fly around there just in case something bad happened, but it didn't. Well, you know, I was reading the uh, the thing this morning about how they had like a 10-second window or something in which to do it. It's yeah. amazing. It's really, it's like uh, it's like Lee Harvey Oswald was, uh, was doing. It's just the ac- accuracy was just uncanny. And as I noted earlier, don't you think it's kind of strange that they did the same night that everybody was busy looking at the lunar? I mean, really, when you think about it. By, the lunar eclipse was quite literally the bright, shiny object that had everybody <laughs> distracted last night. Guy in front of my house, guy looks across the street from me, has one of the, uh, you know, the, one of the big telescopes, and he was just out there with all of his friends, taking turns with the telescope, looking at the moon, which wasn't really doing anything. The moon was sitting there, not changing. It was just getting darker and then going back to normal. But uh, it kept everybody from tracking the progress of this uh, missile. So that's that. Of which there's only, like, the, as you said, uh, the only evidence they have is, is it even video or is it just like a still photo? It was some sort of video, but you really couldn't make out what was going on. <laughs> where you're relying, it's like looking at some sort of astro, uh, like astronomical ultrasound, where you have, you're depending on the guy to go, right over here is the head of the fetus, over here is the missile uh, approaching for impact. And you just have, you have no choice but to just take them at I mean, It word. was like something out of 1969 <laughs> with the moon landing with those grainy photos. It was in color, though, but not very much better. It's amazing. It is astounding that 40 years later, somehow, when important things happen, it's just, it's like you're looking at it through gauze. Ugh, all right. Well, it looks like Jessica Simpson's um, new major motion picture, Blonde Ambition, is the number one movie in the Ukraine. <laughs> it's made $250,000. That's more than what the country's worth. It stars uh, Luke Wilson. It earned just $1,771 in its opening weekend at eight Texas theaters. Uh, box office mogul's chief executive, Connor Brennan, tells People Magazine that Ukrainian audiences uh, have an urge for escapism that's America. So if a film has a big-name celebrity like Simpson, that's all they need to sell the movie. He says that means films like Blonde Ambition will gross more, more than ever. So apparently we should make some movies for the Ukraine, because they're doing very well. Speaking of Luke Wilson, he's not the one that tried to kill himself, is he? Is that no, Owen Wilson? That was Owen, Owen Wilson. What's it, where's that guy? The blonde beaky one. What happened? The blonde beaky one. He took some time off. He's going back to work. But, I mean, nobody's, nobody knows where he is, right? Nobody's seen him. Yeah, I read a story about him yesterday. Is, do, wait, is he just hanging out or something? Yeah, he's going back to work in some movie. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, I, you know, I, I wonder if, if he will do the whole, if he'll be the one guy that uh, has some sort of personal problem, which clearly he did, and then just keeps it to himself and just goes to a shrink or whatever. Or, or if he's going to do the, uh, will he do the obligatory round of all the talk shows, do you think? 
where he'll, you know, end up sitting across the couch from Oprah, you know, with like perfectly coiffed hair talking about, well, and I was in real pain. And I think it was because he's another one of those guys who has like the weird scrapey voice. So uh, it'll be curious to see how he sort of deals uh, with that. If he does, uh, if he sort of approaches it head on. Well, the Academy Award nominees who don't win this Sunday will have a nice consolation prize. Uh, Monday morning, they can expect to receive this year's Oscar Mayer gift bag with $40,000 worth of goodies inside. Oh, that's just an Oscar gift, not an Oscar Mayer gift bag. With $40,000 worth of goodies inside. The man responsible for compiling all the swag, Lash Ferry, says uh, this year's bag is actually scaled back significantly from its $85,000 price tag from last year. The general sense in, in Hollywood was that, you know, we wanted to kind of be a little bit more understated and deferent to the folks who, you know, have been suffering with the long and drawn-out strike, and so uh, we wanted something nice and, and elegant and, and respectful uh, to that. Mm. Lash Ferry is actually my porn name. Mm. There's a, a $20,000 designer watch inside, a countertop appliance that allows the owner to make draft beer in their home, a one-day non-surgical facelift, a one-year supply of gourmet coffee, toe pillows to wear inside stiletto heels. They're painful. No, I'm just saying... This is another one of those things where the rest of, like, people in Haiti are eating dirt cookies. <laughs> They're eating, eating a dinner with largely comprised of mud and pain. And we're, we're creating pillows to, for your toes. People are burning the Armenian flag in protest. <laughs> we're creating toe pillows to use inside your shoes. I mean, that really is, I really do love that. I mean, what many, many people loathe about America, I sort of embrace is, I mean, it really is It really is kind of a higher calling. No, no, no. Look, I know there's famine, but I am working on toe pillows for high heels. No, no, no. Don't don't interrupt me. It's very important. Alash Ferry said the Academy <laughs> Award swag has been around for a long time. For presenters and performers, they did it for, you know, well over 20 years. And then they just stopped doing the presenters and performers a couple of years ago. Um, and we've been doing for the nominees for five years now. Lash Ferry says the items are added throughout the year. We work on it throughout the year, and we're in the midst as we speak. My staff is putting those literal bags together, which will be delivered uh, starting on Monday. But it's a year-long process. There's a lot of last-minute preparation that goes into it for sure. So Lash Ferry with the Academy Awards. All right, fantastic. So well, let's talk about these uh, motion pictures, shall we? And uh, play some clips for all you kids. The 80th Annual Academy Awards will be presented this Sunday on ABC TV. It'll be a star-studded ceremony live. The nominees for Best Picture include Juno, that glamorizes teenage pregnancy. You know, Juno is the most successful independent film of the last uh, the last nine years. It is making $6 million a week, even now, many months after its release. So let's uh, hear a clip from little Juno as she speaks. Juno, I'm coming with you to meet this adoption couple. You're just a kid, and I want you to get ripped off by a couple of baby-starved wingnuts. That's one of the phrases. Well, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say when. I don't really know what kind of girl I am. It's a no, great I movie. No, I no, love no. that line, too. When he's like, Baby I thought starved that you were the... wing nuts. No, I like the line when he's just like, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say Because that's the worst, because you can hear the they're not angry. They're so disappointed. You know, the great thing about Juno is, I was talking to uh, uh, a fat boy about this, is I, there's no baby in the toilet at the end. <laughs> now with 100% fewer babies in toilets. Um... The, uh, anywho, uh, but you know, it is, it is a very, a danger with teen films 
that you paint adults with such a broad, stereotypical brush, sort of the pump-up-the-volume syndrome, where, like, adults are all either wonderful or terrible. And the great thing about Juno is that they know how to paint in something other than primary colors. It's very uh, it's very shaded and very graded in the way that it depicts humans. Like, uh, like uh, J.K. Simmons, who plays the dad there, that he does have the whole range of kind of human emotions, where he's not happy about it, but he's supportive, but he's, you know... Sort of, he jokes about it at some time, but it's always with this sort of undercurrent of disappointment in the whole situation, as you said. And then Jason Bateman's character, who initially mm. seems like one kind of guy, sort of gradually reveals himself to be sort of another kind of guy. It's a great movie, and it is it has some of the best phrases in it. And that's, as I told Sarah when I was watching it the first time, there were a bunch of phrases I wanted to isolate and like bring in his clips up at some point. And that's one of them. A couple of baby-starved wingnuts, which is just, I, you know, I just... It's such a fan of language and phraseology, and that's a. It's like when she's going to the um, she's going to the Planned Parenthood clinic, and the girl's trying to shove the uh, the flavored condoms onto her, and she's like, no, no, I don't really want any flavored condoms. And the girl's like, no, 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 they make my boyfriend's junk smell like pie, <laughs> which is like the like the best phrase I've ever heard. I remember that was the moment when because for the first, I will tell you this right now, if you see Juno, especially if you're over the age of twenty. Uh, it, you it might have the experience that Laura and I had, which is that for the first ten minutes, I hated the film. I, I won't say that. I say I will say that for the first few minutes, I was prepared to hate it. I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a bunch of people who all had the same moment when they started to think they were going to hate the movie. And it's right. It's the opening, one of the very opening scenes, where she's on the phone with her girlfriend, and her girlfriend uses that phrase, "honest to blog." And everybody has sort of seized on that line as the moment when they were afraid they might have to pull the ripcord. So, because Juno's like, so, uh, blah, 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 so, you know, Jane. I think it was just the point I realized when I'm just out of touch with that, teenagers. But I don't think, but it's not even that. I don't think anybody really talks that way. I think, here's the thing about that honest to blog line. I think that is someone, I think that is an adult attempting to write what they think teenagers talk like. I think that's what that is. That is someone who themselves, because what's her name, Diab- Diablo Cody's like 30. So I think that that is her attempting to write what she maybe thinks teenagers talk like. But that line came out of her mouth, honest to blog, and it's like, oh, God, I can't watch this. But then after about four or five minutes, you realize that the movie is actually, and it becomes a very, very charming, sweet, very touching film. Fantastic soundtrack, too, really. I can't I can't say enough about the soundtrack. And I know a lot of people have sort of taken shots uh, at the music in the film as being cloying or twee or whatever, but it's actually really great. It's uh, it's, it's all an interpretation. Like I really like the music, but I can see how other people wouldn't. Because some people, yeah, I mean, if you're a dick, you won't like it. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. If you're a dick, you're not gonna like it. But you know what? If you're a dick, you're it says Roger Ebert. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> the New York Times says dicks hate it. <laughs> You'll love it unless you're a jackass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was was that not like a was that not a terribly new Nuanced and subtle review. Kenneth Turan of the L.A. Times says, A-holes will hate this film. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. Oh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I guess that is maybe the difference between us and, you know, perhaps more sophisticated fare. <laughs> I didn't like it. You're a dick. Anywho, it's yeah, a another cool. fantastic oh, film, though. Yay. Baby yeah. crazed wing nuts. So uh, let's uh, pick another one here. This is a clip from No Country for Old Men. Yeah. You know where I'm going. Yeah, I know where you're going. All right. You know she won't be there. It doesn't make any difference where she is. 
So what are you going up there for? You know how this is going to turn out, don't you? It's, I don't even know what that's about. It's a pretty great film. That makes me nervous. Have you, nope. just, you haven't seen it, have you? No. I think you do. So this is what I'll offer. You bring me the money and I'll let her go. Otherwise, she's accountable. The same as you. That's the best deal you're going to get. I won't tell you you can save yourself because you can't. Yeah, I'm going to bring you something, all right? Decided to make you a special project of mine. You ain't going to have to come look for me at all. Uh, the best Is that movie. from Juno? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, do you, how many minutes into uh, No Country for Old Men did you make it before you bailed out? Five. <laughs> On KCMD Portland. Really? Five minutes? Was it when he kills the cop by the side of the road? Is that it? Is that when you just you were like, F this, I am out of here? I, I think that's a little more that, than uh, Saving Private Ryan. I think I lasted like a minute and a half. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. I can just see you sitting down. I went next door to watch a cartoon instead. <laughs> a bag of jujubes. Suddenly a guy's face is falling off. And it's just, like, uh, World War II doesn't look like this. It was clean and in black and white. <laughs> Without the calm, reassuring voice of Walter Cronkite, you just... Uh, and everyone was clean, out. shaven, and well-dressed. Exactly. Nobody was dirty. Uh, Jesus. Uh, no Country for Old Men is really, really good. It's it. I say this. A couple things. A. Javier Bardem, who plays the uh, the bad guy there. It, the, the the thing about No Country for Old Men that is also true of There Will Be Blood, is that they both have really good sound. In that they don't. They're not a wash in like score or you know over the top sound effects they do that thing of of miking everybody really hot so the mic are turned way up and so people can talk really really quietly but it gets every nook and cranny of their voice it sounds like a movie about love songs it's he does well, Javier Bardem is I'm going to come and find you and then blah 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 blah, blah, blah. you know and he has that whole like where the captain of Tanil with muskrat love <laughs> <laughs> then a bolt through your head uh but it's really a great film, and I was not a fan of Josh Brolin before. Like I, you know, like he was in Planet Terror, and he was some others into some other stuff. But uh, Josh Brolin is really good. Sarah, let me tell you this: I don't know if you like Josh Brolin now. If you, if you are, if you, I don't know who that is. Josh Brolin, he was the Doctor. Juicy Grindhouse. No. Ah. Isn't he James Brolin's he son? He is James Brolin's son. I don't know what else he's been in. What else has Josh Brolin been in? Do we know? He was in some short-lived he was in TV Goody. show. Oh, that's right. He was one of the one of the bullies. No, he was the older brother. Or, or yeah, the uh, uh, he was. Uh, is it Corey? Was he Corey Haynes' older brother or Corey? Uh, Corey. Not Corey. Corey Haynes. Not Corey. Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Yeah. He was Sean Aston's older brother. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, then I'm remembering wrong because you said that, and I was thinking he was one of like the the town dicks. Well, whatever. Um, I don't know what he's been in as an adult except for Grindhouse. You will love him in this though. I'll tell you this right now. Yeah. You'll want you'll want to like you will want to jump right through the screen and make him your own. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, seriously, I know how your mind works. Um, he's no, he's fantastic. If he was, what character does he play? He was here in fronting a band, Sarah. Um, oh, you shut it. Uh, he is. Uh, there's really no good guys or bad guys, uh, but he is. The whole movie is basically a struggle between him and Javier Bardem, who you just heard there, the, the guy the who talks guy. like this. Yeah, the whole movie is a struggle between the two of them, and he, he basically, I'm not spoiling anything, he has a big bag of money that Javier Bardem wants back. He that has like his. Yeah, he has like 300 grand in a bag, and the whole thing is like fighting over, you know, trying to, he, the whole thing is him trying to hide the money and Javier Bardem following him everywhere he goes trying to get the money from him. Great, it's got Tommy Lee Jones, Woody Harrelson. 
it's just it's fantastic. It really is. Um, not my favorite movie of the year, but it's really good. And I'm not like the biggest Coen Brothers fan, uh, but it's a great film. Uh, so I strongly recommend that you watch it. Next clip. Here's a scene from There Will Be Blood. Yeah. I, I love this movie. What is it that brought you here, sir? The good Lord's guidance. Now, of course, within that, we have to develop a lease. What's that? What about our oil? Uh, what about it? We have oil here. That's worth something. Oh, you have someone who can drill for it? Do you think there's oil here? I know there is. Oh, it's very expensive to drill. To get it up and out of the ground. You ever tried that before? How much is it? Costly. This is the man. That's the best film. Yep. There will be blood. Is really good. Um. Maybe not a film for everybody. Uh, you know, there might, there might not be a big crowd pleaser, but it's fantastic. And you can tell that every time Paul Thomas Anderson makes a movie, he has he is attempting to make the greatest film of all time. I mean, he's just he's so macho about his filmmaking that you can tell every time he makes a movie, whether it's Boogie Nights or Magnolia or Hard Eight, that every time he's just trying to swing for a knockout punch. And that's that sequence about halfway through where the oil derrick explodes. And it takes him about nine minutes to get it capped. Is one of the most intense nine-minute sequences I have ever seen in a movie. Where it's one of those things where it ends, and you kind of go, Ugh, and you realize that you've just been sitting there all jacked up in your seat for about ten minutes. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, there will be blood is really good. Daniel Day Lewis is great too. That guy to win the Oscar. I mean, just they, nobody else doesn't even show up. They just hand that to him. So excellent. And this breaking story: a helicopter carrying three prominent U.S. senators has just made an emergency landing in Afghanistan. Representative uh, Republican Senator Chuck Hagel, Democratic Senators John Kerry and Joe Biden were aboard. A spokeswoman for Biden said the helicopter made an unscheduled landing due to a a snowstorm. Where? Afghanistan? <laughs> no, wait a minute here. I think we're being lied to again. <laughs> really? We're in Afghanistan. They make an emergency landing due to a snowstorm. I thought it was a desert and whatnot. Yes, wouldn't that be a... A sandstorm? That would be a little... That'd be getting your Jimmy Carter on. That's mm -hmm. what that'd be. Yep. Send these helicopters over. They can't handle sand. So apparently, well, they weren't, weren't expecting the snowstorm, and the uh, senators were not hurt. Uh, the three senators were transported back to Bagram Air Base and are safe. Well, as safe as they can be in Afghanistan, what, what, what is the possible reason for a senator going over to Afghanistan anyway? They're not running for anything, and Joe Biden isn't anymore. They make nice carpeting over there. But, I mean, really, honestly, what is there to... Uh, why would you possibly? Everybody says, well, you know, the, 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 you know the, our politicians need to get out abroad and see what's going on. What is there to see in Afghanistan? Really, honestly, what is it you're going to look at there? All those statues, those uh, crazy people blew up. No, I can't see those anymore. By the way, uh, Josh Brolin was the crooked cop in American Gangster, Sarah. He was the crooked cop with the grease back hair oh. that uh, catches one at the end. No, I know. Uh, yeah, no, I remember. He, he's responsible for one of the worst parts in that movie, too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he so, yeah. So he is an American gangster, and he's uh. So he is in No Country for Old Men, and is is really exceptional. He's, I have to say, I wasn't very attracted to him. And oh man, American he's uh, yeah. No, he's uh, he's fantastic. He's too big of like a a big like square jock head. Well, he me. and he has he does seem like he's big square jock head. I'm not even sure what that means, but I sort of went yeah because I sort of knew what you were trying to say. Yeah, exactly. But I don't really know. What that means? One of those guys literally. With the giant square heads. <laughs> okay, who well, else has a giant square head? I don't know, like, like anybody a else football player. Um, like you're building things out of Legos. Like Big Sook? No, he has a giant round head. <laughs> um, if you see uh, Josh Brolin in No Country for Old Men, he does seem like 
he has kind of that weird Travis Tritt, uh, Tim McGraw thing going on. He does. He, does, he has kind of a country singer vibe uh, to him. But uh, it's it's a pretty exceptional performance. Not a not a movie to see on a uh, on a on a on a on a you know see it on a strong day. See it when you're in a good mood. See that makes me never want to see it because that's what you said for Requiem for a Dream, it's, and I no, never it's not ever like that. that. It's not nearly as bad as that. It, I mean, it's if Requiem for a Dream is a ten on that scale, this is maybe a four or five. Okay. But it's not a pick me up. It's not like like you don't end it. Like, I feel full of life. Let me go accomplish. You don't feel that way at all. Uh, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. I have a double geek watch. Fantastic. Here's your double geek watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Baby Gray's wing nuts. In the Queen Search and Limited, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. Introducing the Air Poo. It's everything Apple could stuff in the one <laughs> toilet, minus the computer itself. It has a multi-touch flush pad, and you can use one finger to send number one down the pipes and two fingers for number two. It has a built-in iPod deck and surround sound masking with crystal clear highs and bowel shaking lows. Let's establish right now that I don't know what you're talking about. The Air Poo. You can't just keep saying air poo because that doesn't make it any clearer. It is a toilet that has a MacBook Air docking slot, a seat for extra comfort, multi-touch flusher, an iPod dock, integrated surround sound system. Is there a real need to plug your iPod into your toilet? I mean, if you really need so. to take 10,000 songs to the bathroom with you, maybe you ought to have more fiber in your There's diet. a dock for the greatest laptop available for potty surfing, and, of course, a heated toilet seat to keep your bum toasty, as long as you're not <laughs> battery less. My bum isn't toasty enough. <laughs> Wait, is this a... Please tell me that this is a thing, like, only in Japan, because I'll accept a lot of things no, from... No, it's, it's available from uh, Gizmodo. I Well, here's the picture of it. I accept a one. lot of things from the Japanese that I won't accept in this country. I give the Japanese a lot of latitude, because they're crazy. Jesus, you're right. It's a, t- it's a toilet in which you can dock your iPod. Yeah, I'm not going to buy this. <laughs> Crystal clear eyes and bowel-shaking... I don't want anything that's bowel-shaking. Can I just tell you this right now? Yeah. There is nothing described by the words bowel-shaking that is good. I, I defy you right now. I challenge thee to come up with any experience in which the words bowel-shaking are used. That is pleasant. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. All right. There's part one. Just disregard that. Don't buy that. This is staggering. Staggering, I tell you. The first one was when the Bombay store closed down. And right around the corner from that is Sharper Image. So I don't know what we're going to do with the streets Not of Tennis Foreign. Well, Sharper Image is made for people like uh, Tennis Foreign residents. It mm-hmm. really is. And it's it, Sharper Image, uh, would you agree with this assessment? Sharper Image is the brick-and-mortar version of the Sky Mall catalog? I would say so. I would be surprised if they didn't get their merchandise from like, the same company. Because too. after you have dinner at the Macaroni Grill, you go outside to the Sharper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full Tannisborn evening. It is. Uh, so the Sharper. Go to Coldstone. They have that across the street too. <laughs> That's still in business. It's funny how I've never, I've really only ever been to your house once. And, and then right across from there is Abercrombie and Fitch. I, and I think I drove there. Which took like nine hours. It does not take nine hours to get to my house. I'm just saying. It's not convenient for troublemakers to get to. <laughs> He's saying, Tim. I'm not saying that you're one of them. Uh-huh. I'm saying if anyone has any thoughts of causing problems, 
Think them elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm saying uh, that I drove to your house once, uh, and I sort of, I pulled up, and I walked into the house, and then we did a podcast, and I walked my car drove home, so I didn't, like, spend much time browsing your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I don't really remember anything about it, um, except that the air smelled sweeter and cleaner than any air here in southeast Portland. Um, But... it's funny that without even really seeing your neighborhood, I can immediately conjure up all the things that are probably there. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, so the, so this is the sharper image. Is this the it's whole company? Finally, chapter 11 for bankruptcy protection. They have declining sales, three straight years of losses, and litigation involving the Ionic Breeze air purifiers. They filed for protection in U.S. bankruptcy court in Wilmington, Delaware. Sharper image says it has $251.5 million in assets and $199 million in debt as of January 31st. It shares plunged 92 cents or 64% to uh, 52 cents on NASDAQ. Chopper Image has a severe liquidity crisis. Uh, the company has suffered from increased competition, narrowing margins, litigation, lower consumer and market confidence, tighter credit from suppliers, and poorly performing stores. According to court papers, the electronics retailer also cited negative publicity from litigation involving its Ionic Breeze air purifiers. I don't think that's true. No, no, no. Well, here's the thing about the Ionic Breeze air purifiers. Is we've been complaining for the longest time that the air in this studio is filthy, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and we're not, we're not ascribing blame. I don't want the engineers to think that we're blaming them. We certainly are not. It's just that you're you know, not to blame for air. No. Do you know that this building is? I think Dave Zinn told me this building is 57 years old. Uh, now that may be wrong. Uh, wait, hold on. It looks very 70s in here. Let me see if I can find it. Do you know this building has always been a radio station? Yeah. It's never been anything else. It's a radio station. Also, this. CBS Radio, this is to me. How may I help you? Hi there. Uh, hey, this is Rick Emerson. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, do you offhand, uh, is Dave around by chance? Um, no, he's supposed to be back in like 20 minutes. All right. Do you offhand know how old this building is? Now, is, that, is that information at your fingertips? <laughs> no. Is, is that in the sales package? Um, no, I don't believe I have no idea. Or, or one sheet. All right, thank you. Okay. Bye. All right, there you go. Well, I'm serious. In the sales package of a radio station I used to work at, a very small market station, the highlight of the radio station's history was it once burned down. <laughs> and they had, they had pictures of the newspaper showing a pile of cinders, and these heroic employees got it back on the air in no time after it had burned down. The, the best thing about the building was the day it was obliterated. Exactly. Jesus. Wonderful. Oh, man. Oh, hey, by the way, just as a side note, speaking of geeky things and obliteration, did you get that photograph I sent you of the balloon photo from 1906? Yes. Of uh, San Francisco after the earthquake? It was amazing. After the 1906 earthquake, a guy rigged a camera to a balloon, Mm -hmm. sent the balloon up to 1,000 feet the next morning, and took a photo of the city. It was beautiful. It's an amazing photograph. Um, So, but we've always been bitching about the air in here and about how we're fine, and then as soon as we walk into the studio, it's a lot of... You know, and we just it's, it's suddenly we're hacking and sneezing and wheezing and bleeding out of our eyeballs, and so somebody was like, "Well, you need to get an air purifier." And immediately, I got like a dozen emails from people saying, "Don't buy the Sharper Image Ion Purifier, whatever you do," because I think it's one of those, it's one of those things that like sounds like a scam, but I think it sounds like a scam because I'm not that bright. Like I don't understand what causes eclipses, and because it, uh, I think the deal was, let me see if I remember correctly, the deal with the Sharper Image uh, Ionic. And just that makes it sound fake, right? Anything that rhymes with bionic sounds fake. Where it attached negatively charged ions or some crap to air, to dust, and then it would fall to the ground and they, you could vacuum it up. It just sounds fake. And maybe it's not, but it sounds fake. And everybody sort of warned us against it. And I think that's what they're being sued for is that product. Mm. Do we have more on the closing? No. So they're going to be gone, though. Pretty soon. That's too bad. to replace them. I don't know. I love Sharper Image. Have you ever bought anything at Sharper Image? 
No, but I love the massage chairs. Okay. Me too. So, so here's the thing. Um, so, well, Laura and I were at Sharper Image returning a scale, and um, there was, we walked by, and of course, what do you see? Big, fat-ass, jiggly American just sitting there in the, in the seat, in the massage chair. It looked like one of those, like, who's that guy in Anchorman? It's not Brick Tamblin. Who's the big, fat sports guy with the hat, the cowboy hat? Brick something. Is that Brick Tamblin? I think it yeah, is. I'm confusing him with Brian Vantana. It is Brick Tamblin. The guy, the guy who talks like this. No, Rick is uh, Steve Carell's. Really? Yeah, I think. Oh God, I don't. Well, know. whatever. Anyway, but the big fat guy in the cowboy hat. There was a guy who looks just like that, sitting in one like, t- and not just sitting there enjoying the massage chair, but like reclined, laying absolutely horizontal, like completely laid out, with his baseball cap pulled down, full on sleeping, not just relaxing, actually sleeping. We were there for about 25 minutes trying to figure out the deal with his scale and whether we could get a full refund for it. We left guy still in the chair, whole body shaking like a bowl full of jello. And I will tell you this, because his hat was down obscuring his face, uh, we did actually try to take like video footage of him on, on Lara's cell phone so that we could post it on the website. I really, just because I knew you guys would appreciate that, I did want to post on my site full motion video of his just gigantic American stomach just jiggling back and forth in the chair. Um, anyway, so it certainly doesn't help Sharper Image that apparently everything they sell breaks. So I don't think I've ever bought anything from there. I've coveted a lot of things. We'll do that in our... Uh, right, it's just a place to stop by on the way back to the car. Well, that's really what it is. No, it's, it's a place that you stop by after you've gone to, like, Starbucks, uh, and, you know, and you just, you know, you're, you're kind of blowing on your latte, waiting for it to cool down. Well, I'll spend some time in the Sharper Image. So later on, we'll uh, we'll do a little high-concept thing about the, your favorite Sharper Image product. Let's get a couple of these, uh, these maybe Sharper Image calls. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? Hi. I used to work at Brookstone. So, yes. Uh, I'm actually surprised that Sharper Image closed first. Now, is it, now Brookstone is Brookstone is another sort of gadgety store, but it's more like a, but more it's, tools it's but, it, but it's less techy, right? Yeah, it's more like tools and uh, useful stuff than sort of tech for the sake of tech and toys. Yeah, for for Christmas, I bought my mother-in-law uh, like a keychain that can store digital photographs. So like while she's waiting in line at the DMV or something, she can look at photographs of you know. Dogs or something. Yep. So, but yeah, um, I left because it was so badly run. We were starting to go over into a sort of kind of um, uh, sales. What's it called? Sales for like you get paid for your sales. Commission. Like a commission thing, yeah. Um, which was what Sharper Image is and was. Um, but we were doing like a bad, half-assed job of it, and we just got bought out. And so, I'm really surprised that. Um, the Sharper Image closed first. Well, I don't know. It, and it, 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 Sharper Image is one of those places. Thank you, sir. Sharper Image is one of those stores that we're going to miss, too, because it's it's such a pop culture reference. You know what I mean? If you, if, you say, if you talk about something being like a Sharper Image product, everybody knows what you're talking about, which is something that's overpriced and that is theoretically useful but has no actual real world. Like the, something you... It, it is the very definition of stuff you don't need, but it's stuff you look at and you got to go, boy, I got... And the, here's the other thing about Sharper Image... Sharper image products are like Ronco products in that you can make the convincing case to your own mind that you need them. Maybe I can't afford it. Let me do the math over in my head. I think I can afford this $5,000 chair. I can just scrip on some other things for a while. I can do this. Exactly. Then all of a sudden, no, no, I really can't do this. (laughs) And it's stuff that... 
that you really don't. And here's the other thing about Sharper Image. Sharper Image sells products that allow you to believe your life is much more exotic than it really is. Here's the thing I was last tempted by to Sharper Image. You know how, like, when you log off um, a computer or whatever and it asks for your password to log back on and your security password? Sharper Image sells or sold this thing that it, you plug it into your computer, into the USB port, and the deal is instead of, like, having you type in a password to log onto your computer, it reads your fingerprint. So you just put your fingerprint on it, and it goes, and it verifies you by your fingerprint, and that's how you log onto the computer. So that like they and they also they sell another one that's like a it's like a little um it's like a little coin vault like a like a money vault and it's it's like the size of a cigar box where you can keep money or drugs or whatever and there's no key instead you put your hand on top of it and it reads your fingerprints I did buy something there what was it it is the heated neck pad with the chirping bird sound effects <laughs> why the birds what what yeah that I was with you until you said chirping bird well I tried it well I was on the one of those massage chairs, and all of a sudden, I realized I could not live without this product. I have to own this. Actually, I still have it. Do you use it? No, I have forgotten. <laughs> it's, it's in a drawer with a whole bunch of other stuff that's long been forgotten about. <laughs> Do you know how much you paid for it? Please. It was 70-something. <laughs> I was just going to say 50. I was going to say, please tell me it was more than 50. Well, it's actually for the chirping birds. <laughs> Does it? Is it just one kind of bird, or does it rotate? No, it's one kind of bird. It chirps over and over again. Did you find it soothing? I mean, the birds? I did. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> and so you forgot to put batteries in it, and you kind of went, well, why bother? And it went into the basement. Well, it massages your neck, too. Uh -huh. And after a while, the combination of, of the motor noise that massages you and the birds <laughs> chirping really gives you a headache. Like, if I can isolate the two sounds, but you can't. <laughs> okay, no, you know what? I take it back. Lara and I have bought something at Sharper Image, too, and we still use it. You know what we bought? I was thinking about this just now. When you said motor noise, mm -hmm. I take it back. Our bedside alarm clock is from Sharper Image, and it's because it's one of those alarm clocks that makes various soothing noises. One of them is birds, actually. You can mm -hmm. choose. It does birds, city noise, heartbeat. Um, I have that sound uh, maker. Ocean, like a fog, like a foghorn thing. Um, I fall asleep to the rain sound every night. It does rain. It does brook. Uh, just like birds and frogs, and then the one we use is Yosemite Falls. I don't even know if that's a real place, um, but it's just a waterfall. It's basically white noise. It's like, you know, just that's what we um, that's what we fall asleep to every night is the is the Yosemite Fall. And you know, I will say this about that: that alarm clock is so wonderful that if we if we go somewhere on vacation or to a hotel or to stay at somebody's house and we don't take that alarm clock with us, it is impossible for us to fall asleep. We are so now dependent upon that sharper image alarm clock uh, for sleeping. Uh, we, we have to have it or else we, it's just, there's, there's no way we can rest. So there you go. Well, I'm glad I bought that before they went out of business. Jesus, if it breaks, I'll be screwed. All right. Uh, oh, so we've got a couple of sharper image calls, of course. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I worked at uh, the Brookstone, and the best thing about working there... Yeah is when you're trying to sell those stupid fat Americans, those massage chairs. <laughs> well, you know, they, they sell themselves, apparently. No, they don't. They, <laughs> I worked at the airport one, and it was like they just come there and sit and wait, and they don't want to talk to you. Not one bit. Well, now let me ask you this. Do you suppose is the is the vibrating chair at Sharper Image or any of those places, is that sort of the loss leader? In other words, is that they know that nobody's going to buy it, but it, it serves to get people in the store where the odds are that, you know, like 30% that maybe they'll buy something else? Yeah, why do you think they're at the front? I mean, 
That's you'll see. I don't sell like one out of a hundred, but but it doesn't matter because it, because it doesn't cost you anything to have them running. It just costs you the, the electricity. Yeah. Uh, and while they're in the store, they may buy a lightsaber. Yeah. All right. Exactly. That's a, I hadn't really thought about that. They are totally a loss leader. Yep. All right. Keep Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, am I on? Yes. Oh, awesome. I was going to say, did anybody ever tell you why not to buy one of those ionic breezes? Because it's a bunch of made-up crap? Uh, no, because um, <laughs> when air passes through, the electrical charge actually creates ozone. Like, you know, that, that, that spark smell that you smell whenever you're around one of those things? Right. Well, unfortunately, the ozone has the bad tendency to puncture holes in your lungs when you breathe too much of <laughs> it. Really, your laughter was what made that anecdote funny. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a problem when people have those things chronically running, like old people have them running for months and months. They end up getting fluid built Wait, in their lungs because they're killing themselves. So the Sharper Image air purifier actually puts holes in my lungs. <laughs> Over time, if you use it too much. Well, that's great. My Thanks boss so ended up getting one to try to clean up the office, and uh, we had to turn no, it off right. the first day. It, it and that the office is really clean because all the employees are dead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I used to, uh, when I was in Salt Lake, there was a place like a, a water store, uh, and by which I mean they would sell bottled water, and they would sell water purifiers, and they'd sell, like, water coolers for the office. And their big thing was to sell what they called ozonated water, which they claimed was water with ozone added to it. Is that then going to – is that bad for you? I I don't know if that would make a difference because you're just, you know, you're, you're peeing it out, so. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I don't think it would make a difference. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Holes in your lungs. Zam. All right. Is that the end of that sharper image story? It is. Wonderful. There's your double geek watch. My um, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get these sharper image calls. More from Tim Riley. Uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin. We'll uh, roll out the fat scale on the other side. Uh, Gavin Dawson. And then I can finally eat my lunch. Later. I'm starving. Yeah, you told me to be at one. You don't want to eat right before you step on the scale, Sarah. That's Maybe I will, so I'll have an excuse for feeling a little... It's not me. It's the lunch. Totally. So your excuse is going to be that you eat a lot. At least I bike ride, mister. <laughs> How did you get to work today? Heated seat? I'm sick. Back after this. Well, all right. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's what's coming up on the Radio Horizon. More from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we'll find out exactly how fat I am, courtesy of the Omron HDF 400 fat scale. I'm dreading this because there's no way I'm going to be happy with the results. No. There's no way. Nope. No, you'll be uh, disappointed and angry regardless. Also, the best part is you're not supposed to weigh yourself after lunch, so you've been putting off lunch, and you will weigh yourself after which you will not want to eat at all. So there you go. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, let's see, Mr. Skin in just one moment. Later on, Gavin Dawson. I think our friend the Lowe is stopping by today. Uh, what else? Seems like I have something else. Well, we'll find out. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, before we do anything else, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, our good friend, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir, and how's life? Really good, Rick. How are you doing? I am fantastic, my friend. What's new in the, uh, well, in, in I, the world of nudity? Well, first of all, before I start, I wanted to know, what did you think of the Lindsay Lohan pics? Well, you, have you know, Sarah and I, uh, my producer and I were talking about this, that first of all, I didn't know if it was going to be a big deal or not, but then I, and Sarah and I were saying, well, it seems like her moment has sort of passed and whatever. No. And, but did you see that it crashed the servers at, what is it, New York? 
What was the mag? New York Magazine, New, New Yorker? Yorker, yeah. New Yorker? And, uh, it crashed their servers. Oh yeah, it's it's huge news on the internet. In fact, at, we have 15, over fifteen thousand actresses at MrSkin.com. Number one most searched this week, Lindsay Lohan. I have and, to say that the photos I initially saw were not. Uh, I didn't think they were all that, but subsequently, someone has someone sent me like the entire shoot, all mm-hmm. of the photos, and there were some that were actually uh, they were very nice. I will say that. Well, and what's amazing too is she played a, a stripper in a movie this summer called. I know who killed me. She did not strip. She was like one of those movie strippers where right. you don't strip. And it was very surprising. Plus, the other thing I'd like to know, Playboy would have paid her anywhere from 750000 to a million dollars to pose. What did she get for doing this? I'd be very interested to know because uh, I, I don't. I haven't read anything that said she was paid money or big money for this shoot. And and it is. If you're right, it crashed the servers. It's, everyone's into this, and or at least knows about it. And now knows about the New York. That's Magazine. a good question. Why would she have done it and presumably not been paid? Certainly not paid what Playboy would have given her. Exactly. Does that make exactly. any sense at all? Does this mean now? Do you, do you suppose this means that we'll get to see her nude in a film at some That's point? That's what we're hoping. That's what we're. I guess now that she's crossed that line, and and I think overall the reviews from guys on the internet has been very very positive uh i think uh the next step is a nude scene in a movie excellent i like the way you think sir (laughs) yeah okay and also a couple quick things i wanted to mention uh charlie bartlett is a a movie out on uh or uh, out in theaters this weekend it's it's the story of a high school a rich high school kid who uh becomes the self-appointed psychiatrist to the student body of his of this new high school, and Anton Yelchin is, 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 is plays Charlie Bartlett, and there is nudity 28 minutes in, two, uh, two teen hotties uh, take Ritalin, next thing you know, they're topless, so 28 minutes in the Charlie Bartlett uh, nudity there, two topless girls. Um, the big movie out on DVD this week is American Gangster with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington plays Frank Lucas, who was a big drug lord in the 70s. And one of Frank Lucas's, one of the, the great ideas he had was if you're going to work in one of his secret drug hideouts to prepare drugs for the streets, uh, all, he had all women working, and they all had to work in the nude so that they wouldn't steal any of the valuable drugs before they, <laughs> before they hit the streets. So there's tons of naked uh, babes throughout this movie, uh, American uh, gangster is in uh, out on DVD at your uh, favorite video store this week. Excellent, my friend. We will talk to you next week. As always, a pleasure. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Thank you, brother. Hi, Rick. Take care, man. There you go. Mr. Skin. Fantastic. I hadn't thought much of those Lindsay Lohan photographs initially because the, the, the handful I saw weren't all that interesting. And no, then, not at all. After I read the story, though, that it crashed the servers, I went and, of course, like uh, now I have to look at it. Everyone is. So I went and looked, and there were actually some that were not not bad. Uh, she's very heavily made up, very heavily airbrushed, you know, whatever. So, but uh, not as bad as I, I thought. I really like, like, I didn't really think that it was very flattering to her figure, like that side boob picture. No, see, that's the one I was going to single out as being good, though. See, I don't know, like for. Maybe we have different standards. Maybe, because I, I really think that she, I mean, she does, you know, she's a gorgeous girl, but. I know you don't find the Christina Aguilera thing to be all that hot Man, either, her, so. yeah, her. Did you watch that whole thing where she's being interviewed on Ellen? Yeah, her boobs just freak me out. They're really, it's like they're going to come out of the screen at you. And they're, really. Yeah, and they're, they don't look real. It looks no. like they've they been, like, puttied onto her. They look, they've been puttied on. Um, they, they, uh, they, they, they really, they do look fake, even though they're not, so, um. 
You can see that at RickEmerson.com. Not only Mr. Skin. You can see that at RickEmerson.com. It's, a, it's safe for work. It's a clip of her being interviewed on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, and uh, so there you go. Uh, and so forth. All right. Uh, in just one minute, more news from Tim Riley. But first, we have to, uh, oh, we have to do this. God. So now I have this Let me scale. take off this big, bulky sweatshirt. Uh-huh. Well, and because... my earrings. Heavy. Really? Well, that's okay. I was like, let me take off my belt. So uh, here's the deal. So this is the scale I bought. Uh, you want to get those Purell, uh, whatever? Yeah. Just so we can all be anal retentive about germs and. Okay. I did. Uh, I did shower and you know. I my too feet are showered clean. this morning. Say my feet are clean, but also I've been walking around and standing for several hours, so I don't <laughs> want to be gross. Um, and uh, you know, if you prefer to do this in the hallway or something. Uh, so the deal is, you stand on the scale. It'll give you your weight. Then your uh, body fat percentage, then your BMI, which is an internationally used index, I say reading from the page, to show the body condition by checking balance between height and weight. Uh, so uh, why don't you hand me one of those, and I'll clean this off, and then we'll set it up here. Wait, so, are you going uh, first? Well, I, I can go for Now, here's the thing. Now, let me ask you this. Now, obviously, I will not ask you to reveal your weight. No, uh, I mean, I don't care if you see it. I just, oh, there's... Uh, Lo. Yeah, Lo will be stopping in here in just a short while. So here's the thing. I, I just don't want it to be set on the air. I don't care if you see it. Well, obviously, I would not reveal your weight. Now, my, my question, and I won't even ask you, like, what is your body fat percentage or whatever, but here's, but I will, but my question is this. So they give you a little thing where you can break out your body fat, We're whatever. all friends here. I don't care. Rick, I really don't care if you know my body fat percentage. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, I'm saying they break it into four categories, your body fat percentage. Low, normal, high, or very high. Now... Now, would you would you reveal the category into which your body fat percentage falls? If it falls? wasn't embarrassing. So if it's good, if, if it's, it's low. Only if it's good. So, but then you'll know it's bad if I don't reveal it. Yes, yes, we will. Okay. So you won't have to reveal any numbers of any kind, but if you feel like maybe revealing the category into which your, okay. your, your body fat ratio falls. Excellent. Okay. I will tell all because I'm hideous. So do you want to go first or should I? Okay, I'll go first. Okay. All right. Can you attach an iPod to this contraption? Uh, no, but it does. What good is it? It does shake your bowels. Okay. All right. May I clean this? What is that? What? Oh, that is it's that. A scale. All right. All right. I oh, you have, have to take off your shoes and socks. Microphone. Okay. All right. I turn God, this my on. My stomach is grumbling. Yeah. It's so loud. Yeah. Maybe you want to eat right now before you weigh yourself. Uh-huh. All right. Let's see. Let's see. User guest. Right, hold on. All right. Guest. Age. Twenty-seven. Yes. Twenty-seven. Okay. What is uh? Let's see. Gender. Okay. She's a lady. What is I'm your What is your height, Sarah? I don't know. I think I'm like five six or five seven. You don't know. That's what I thought. Know? What does your driver's license say? It's It's not necessarily correct. Well, mine's wrong. They let me think I was six feet tall for like a year and a half, something like that, and then we had that big fight about it on the air because they. I mean, it was longer than that actually. I guess I've always thought I was six feet tall. So, well, it, we got to know, otherwise it's going to say you're huge. Um, I guess five seven. Are you guessing? I'm pretty sure. I, I think I'm like five six and a half. Do you not have your driver's license? No, I have it, but I just always. Do you want to say five and six and a half? Yes. All right. Oh, you can do halves. All right. So uh, your feet off. Okay. So here's uh, let's see. Okay. All right. So, oh wait, now there's. Okay. Oh wait, hold on. Okay, there you go. I will not reveal any of the numbers, obviously. But All here, right. you stand there, and the first number it'll give you is your weight. It's not a talking scale, is it? No. Oh jeez. No. Okay, so there's your weight. And okay. that's blinking. No, 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 you don't need to stay on it. Oh, stay on it. Uh-oh. oh, now it's ruined. Hold on. Hold on, I think you got to stay on it again. Okay, now I think it's calculating this is your body fat percentage. I'm going to write this one down. 
Oh, God. This is your body fat okay, percentage. Okay, that's still your weight again. Okay. Is that bad? Wow. What? Hold on. Hold on. Stay there. Don't move. Oh, it's supposed to be... Okay, hold on. Although it is different for men and women. Uh, Laura was telling me about it because they have to do this at the hospital. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I transposed some numbers there. Okay, there you go. All right, so that's your percentage. Oh, God. That's your BMI. Now, do you want to know what categories you fall into? I won't Wait, give I the numbers. Which one's which? So this is your body fat percentage here. Okay. Uh, that number, that's and then this really is your BMI. So high. you are a woman. Let's see. Is female. that a BMI and an ASCAP? Okay, so you are normal. Normal. You, you are normal. So you are a female between 20 and 39. Okay. This number... Oh, wait, no, no. Uh, yeah, so right here. That number there. Fairly normal. So you are, well, no, but you're on the verge of being low. Okay. So your body fat oh, is that. Oh, that one, okay. Right here. So you are a female between 20 and 39, so you are no, your body fat percentage is normal. Oh, okay, I thought it was that other number. No, 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 it's on the, and it's on the low side of normal, I'm almost, actually. I'm almost low. On the low side of normal. Uh, let's see here. So oh, where God. is your, or wait, or is this? No, no, no. Okay, no, so this the BMI. Is, okay, so this is the BMI. Uh, oh my god! Wait, hold on. That can't be right, though. That can't be right. Maybe the battery is, is dead. <laughs> oh my god! That, it doesn't seem like that could be true. Hold on. <laughs> wow. Really? You waited all that time. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> hold on. That can't possibly be true. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> my face is red. I am done. Yeah, it's wrong. Throw away the numbers. It, it just wasn't working that properly. Possibly be right. I don't know. Are we reading this incorrectly? Are you stepping on the scale at this moment while you do this? Wow. No, that's got to be wrong somehow. <laughs> Especially because your body fat is re relatively low. Okay. We must be. I think that scale needs to be... Say, you can say my body fat. So my body fat is... Is it 20, 22.4? 22.4, and for it to be low, it's 21. So you're, and for it to be high, it has to be 33. Yeah, so 21 to 30 is normal. And I'm 22 at that, but then my, what, yeah. is, what is exactly is the BMI? The BMI is an internationally used index to show body condition. But I, I know that my height is proportionate to my weight. Okay, maybe we're reading that wrong, because oh even, God. really, even, is the scale upside down? Okay, oh. Tim, this is the number <laughs> that my supposed BMI is. Now, we, I feel like I we need know. a nurse okay. here. Oh, uh, there's, this is like a, this is like a whole. No, that is not correct. Okay, do you want to do it again? I think Stand so. on it again? No, my, my no, pride... No, but maybe I read it wrong, though. No, it's still flashing that number. I, I, I know, but I maybe... Hope the, I hope you, the listeners aren't getting bored. You got off again. No, 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 this is very exciting. Okay, I'm sure it is. This, this is, is like the Florida exciting. 2000 election. This is depressing. <laughs> people, people like <laughs> to judge others, Tim, you know that. Just too many hanging chads. All right, let me, let's do this again. Start right. it off, make you a guest. Did it start at zero? Seriously, you was, saw that? Was there a shoe on the scale beforehand? <laughs> this uh, is very compelling. I think it is, actually. Yeah. People love to judge others. <laughs> all right, we're going to say you're a female. Okay. <laughs> Five, six and a half. Now I'm having all these body issues. Five, six and a half. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Set. Okay. <laughs> Stand there. Okay. <laughs> See, Jim finds it amusing. Okay, I'm Don't going? put your hands on the yeah, counter. We're, 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 not, we're not disclosing all these figures to the listeners. That's why it's not funny to anyone else. Yeah, your weight's the same. Oh, great. No, I gained two ounces. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Percentage of fat. Hold on. Percentage of fat. 
Oh, what if it's super high oh, this time? Hold on. Okay, I'm not doing anything. Wait, so is that the... Oh, I think... Had we reversed them? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Hold on. I think we had okay. reversed them. Oh, I'm falling. Okay. All right. Ah, okay. I think we'd reversed them. We reversed the numbers. <laughs> well, that makes sense now. Okay, so this is your percentage. So you're still normal. Though. And I'm normal here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jesus. From okay. one extreme to the other. Can I just explain what happened there? So we had, by we I mean me, I had transposed two numbers. <laughs> I assure you that was that was accidental. Uh-huh. And it, for a minute it said that Sarah was morbidly obese. <laughs> Which she clearly is not. And now it says she's one of the starving children of Africa. No, no, no. So here's the thing. So, yes, your, your, uh, your body fat is still in the normal range. So, yeah, that is your body fat there. Okay. And so, see, so you're still normal. Okay. We'll a little bit that. differently within the brackets, but you're still normal. 22, so there, and then right there. So you are normal with your BMI, too. Okay, cool. So you are normal, normal. Yeah, so 22. So right there, okay, that cool. puts you normal. BMI, normal. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I was literally looking at something like, do I live in a bizarro no. world where I'm like, I'm really 400 pounds and I don't realize it? No one else. It's like a shallow howl kind of a thing. <laughs> we look at you and you see normal. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Are you going to go? Yeah, that was really hilarious. <laughs> Less so for you. Uh, all right, let me... Uh, okay, shall I go? Yes. Do you yes. mind if I take my uh, shoes off in here that my feet are clean? Please do. Well, all right. I just had to. Let me, uh, right, let me right wipe in? this down. Yeah, let's make sure we should... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, my. Uh, are you finding this amusing, Tim? I am, Would yes. anybody like to guess uh, whether I will fall into the... Let's see. You might be borderline. I like this machine. So, um, let's Maybe see. Maybe you should have purchased an ionic breeze. I think that you will be, let's see, male. I'm right here. So, now there are four categories for body fat. Low, mm. normal, high, and very high. Where do you think I will fall, Sarah? I think you're going to go for high. Let me put it this way. I think you might be high. Very high, I think you'll be very is, high. Anything, yeah. is anything above 25. Okay. Yeah, you're not very high. So you'll think I'll be in the high body fat category? A little high. All right. Richie, said I'm, uh, Richie refuses to do this because he says, this is Richie typing this. He says, I am a fat Asian. I can't do, you can't make me. <laughs> well, his lady friends are listening, so he doesn't want to. There's more of him to love. All right. So. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. God, my stomach. I should mic my stomach. It's grumbling. I've told you forever you should mic your stomach. All right, next time it doesn't. All right, pardon me. All right. All right. All right. All right. Ugh. Stepping on the scale. Right. My feet aren't ugly. No, my, I need to cut my toenails, but they're... Oh, I don't want to I have that. fine feet. All right. Okay, that's my weight. You want to say... Stop with links. It's not setting. Now, we'll give my weight on in the air, but I'm going to make people guess first. Hold on. Mm-hmm. All right, you're moving, so it's not setting. All right. Okay. Okay. Here comes my body fat percentage. It's not doing the ticking along thing. Oh, you know what? I didn't set the. Ow! I didn't oh. set my height. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That's my fault. This is entertaining, by the way. I it really it. is. No, well, it's, it's, it's not for anybody else. That it's for it's us. entertaining for us. <laughs> Thirty-five. Thirty-six. You're thirty-five. I'm gonna be. Shut Why up! You get so old. <laughs> When did you become morbidly obese? <laughs> nah. All right. Uh, All right. God, that really did kind of throw me through the ringer there. In your face. All right, here we go. Okay. That was staggering. All right. Okay, so we're doing my weight. Weight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the weight is... I thought you already had your weight. Oh, damn it. Because it already did, I think. I think so. I think I have to start from scratch on it. All right, now this is less compelling for people. I know, it is. I don't know, Will. 
<laughs> we'll make it up to you. Any moment now, it'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Set, mail, set, hype. It, it's oh. uh, making a funny noise. Like what? a baby's kicking. What's that? My stomach was just going... Oh, I thought that was a scale. No, that was... All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Click, click, okay. click, click, click. All right. Click and you do. And the answer is... Okay, so here is my weight. Is it you the same as it was last time? Yeah, more or less. Great. Congratulations. All right. Now it's calculating my body fat. Mm-hmm. So it knows that. <gasps> Hold on, is that? You shut up. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, you have to tell me what the other number is. I can't see. Okay, don't be looking at it up. you got to look up the other number okay. first. What? Oh. Okay. And the final number is? Okay. Now, which one is this? So the second one is my body fat? The second. The... That one right there is body fat? Mm. That's fat. Okay, and then the next one is BMI? Yes. All right, fine. Oh, mm. my God. Okay, do you want to? Yes. Did you make oh. a note of what they were? All right. Okay. Okay, that's my percentage. That's so now we're going to figure this all out. Okay. Pardon me. Can... And the answer I'm is? Put my shoes back all on. All right. Oh, my God. Is it that bad? Okay. Would you? So here would you like re... to do? Here are the results. Here are the results. Okay. First of all, do you want to tell people how much I weigh? I thought you wanted people to guess. That no, wasn't that much. Not. All right. Rick weighs 187 pounds. Yeah, that's about right. All right. His fat, it says body fat percentage. So let's see. He's a male between 20 and 39. Mm-hmm. Let's see. No, low, no. Normal, no. no. High, no. Very, hey, let's go for very high. Very high. Anything over 25. Mm-hmm. Is very high, and Rick got a 25.9. Congratulations, wow. you're very high. <laughs> As for the BMI, mm. all right, so underweight, less than yes, 18.5. Yes, I'm underweight. <laughs> sure that I'm. Normal 18.5 to 25. Um, <laughs> 25 or more, and less than 30 is overweight, and 30 or more is obese. Rick so, Emerson? Yes. You are you obese. You are overweight. Oh. So I am both. So I have very high body fat. And I am overweight. <laughs> Your by how percentage many, by was 20, how many pounds? 26.5 BMI. Great. And that puts, you, that puts you in the middle overweight so section. So my body fat is very high. Your body fat is, uh, yeah, it can't get any higher than... <laughs> <laughs> it can't get any higher. It can't get any I'm any looking h- at this correctly, right? No, so just be a tub of lard. So it's very high, yeah. 25. Yes. 25.9. Yes. 26.9. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. So I'm about to die. So basically. knowing this, we, you can bring the scale back and trade it for something else. <sighs> yes, I can have you exchange it. Uh, clearly, because there's no need for the scale at this point, because I can't get any more fat into my body. I clearly couldn't if I tried. I cannot believe that you got very high. <laughs> yes, you can. I know I can, I but... Like you're surprised. Rick, you know, I'm shocked that you're, that you're out of shape. I know I can, but I am actually pretty... <sighs> Surprised. Like, I thought it would just be a put on, like, you're secretly working out or, like, walking places. You're not doing anything. I'm secretly exercising. No, that's it. Every you a quarter of your entire body is fat. More than that. More than a quarter 26% of you. 26% of my entire being is lard. How do you even have insides? I don't know. There's not even any room for my heart at this point. I have to keep it in a box. I'm just full of fat. Yes, I'm secretly going to Gold's Gym when you're not looking. I mean, I'm bench pressing phone books. Jesus. Um... In a moment, we'll get some news with Tim Riley. Our friend Aloha will step in here in just a few. Let's get a couple of these uh, calls from people who are going to make fun of my fatness. Hello. Wow, Rick. Yeah. I had no idea. Last time I saw you, you seemed as skinny as I am, man. Well, he's, he's looks thin. I'm all fat inside. Like, you t- to the touch, he's all like squishy. I am. Now, here's the thing about me and my body. 
The thing about me and my body. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a flower. Um, I don't know if I want to hear this. My secret garden by Rick Emerson. Um, no, the thing about me is it is kind of like a shallow hell thing where you look at me and, you know, not like I'm rail thin, but you look at me and you see a man who is maybe on the slender side. But yeah. but if you look inside me, it's all fat. It's just I'm a big... At least 25.6% of it. <laughs> yes, I'm one quarter. When you look at me, a full quarter of everything you see is made out of fat, sir. That's, uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I, maybe the black T-shirts are working for are you. you. I don't know. Thanks. Are you a little impressed? I, uh, I Well, I wouldn't call it impressed. All right. got to start wearing those horizontal stripes all the time. All <laughs> there right. you go. They are slimming. Thank but, you. Uh, yes. hey, uh, so I originally called uh, to give Sarah a little bit of encouragement. Uh -huh. um, no, she doesn't. Well, I, Is this back when we thought we were, she was morbidly obese? No, well, uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, man, you know how girls are. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. Would you? Seriously, knock it off. You are, you're a cute You're not girl. morbidly obese. No, but Seriously. the numbers did say I was morbidly obese. For, for just a second there. Until we realized we were transposing the numbers, we really thought that she had to be put on a gurney, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, Leah, you're, like, you're riding your bike, and uh, from the first time I saw you, like at the X party, to like... So last I, night when I was peering through your bathroom window. No, no. Would you knock that off, that creepy? Yeah. Come on. No, but, but no, seriously. Love, no, you're, you're cute as hell. Everybody loves you. Like, seriously, don't don't, uh, don't obsess. You're doing fine. Oh, Why don't you, you give that pep nice. talk to the guy who's fat? <laughs> I don't get any of that. I don't get it. No, Rick, you're a fine-looking guy. You know, because it's not fair that you look the way you do and you're so lazy. <laughs> Sarah's in shape and she gets a pep talk. I'm about to die from obesity and I get nothing. Oh, please. You're not even close to that, dude. Right. Come on. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. That guy was not as supportive as, as I might have needed. Hi, Tim. How are you? What kind of support do you need? I don't understand what could pry you clearly off the my, couch. Clearly my garments need additional support. Like, even That's this isn't stitching. phasing you. It's like, hey, I'm in the high fat category. I'm as, <laughs> as high as it can get. And you're still not even, like, expressing, like, well, I need to eat better. Well, what am I going to do? Exercise. I can't do There's nothing I can do about it for at least another hour. You could start by walking home today. That's exactly, that would, yeah, that's exactly what I'll do. That's that a great be, idea. It'd be very proactive. Uh-huh. Hi, Tim. Do How you are have, you? Do you have news for us? Yeah, it's just a couple of things. All right. Uh, so I'll tell you what. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get your calls here in just a few. Let's do some news yes. uh, with Tim Riley. Then we'll break. We'll come back with uh, the low. Gavin Dawson also going to join us. And again, your phone calls here in a few. So stay right there. This is the uh, Ministry of Truth with Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Making Richie stand on the Violent men with sticks are now being beaten by police after they set fire to the U.S. Embassy in Belgrade. At some point, a group of mostly young men, a lot of them wearing masks and scarves, broke off from the main protest and walked down to the American Embassy, and they started attacking it with crowbars and sticks. Crowbars and sticks? You bet. That's a really advanced country they have over there. <laughs> Oh, the United States says, uh, sorry, Great Britain, after lying to you. We provided them with an accurate information by not telling them that we were landing on their island to gas up and uh, fly away with some terrorist suspects to torture in other countries. Uh -huh. uh, the United States government says, uh, we regret this error. We provided them with an accurate information. Britain is still a good friend and ally. They blame it on an administrative error. Uh, apparently, the United States uh, said uh, in the first place there were no rendition flights. However, they were... Uh, Flying these people to rendition plants, apparently, to uh, quiz them on A rendition activity. plant? Yeah. Probably. Isn't that where they take cows and make them into shoes? Elmer's glue? Yeah. All right. You're going to a rendering plant. 
Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Well, don't worry that. Uh, I had another story here. Uh, Hugh Hefner is in a bottle. Playboy and Play Beverages are set to officially launch Playboy's official energy drink. The two companies said the aptly named Playboy energy drink has subtle notes of fruit and vanilla, and a blend of ginseng, guana extract, and diamino leaf. Uh, the new drink is created to give consumers a taste of the lifestyle that's associated with Playboy. Um, uh huh. It's a regular or sugar-free. I hope it's covered in sparkly rhinestones and a Playboy bunny symbol. <laughs> it just tastes like antibiotics and bad leather. <laughs> Uh-oh. Apparently, would-be thieves searching for copper use blow torches overnight to cut through plastic pipes containing fiber optic cables on the I-5 bridge. Now, how is it that nobody saw this happening? The torches burn through the damaged fibers that carry video. How is it that no one witnessed that since they were using torches at night? Mm -hmm. And apparently uh, this video was from Comcast, so apparently some <laughs> folks in the coom woke up this morning without cable. There were four big plastic PVC pipes about two inches in diameter that followed the pedestrian walkway on the bridge's left side. That really is Comcast. Uh, they were burned in two locations about 150 feet apart. There's no copper there anyway, just fiber optic cable, you dopes. <laughs> Idiots. Well, that's like that billboard on the way home. Uh, for me, anyway, if you leave the back lot here at CBS and you turn right, you'll pass that right to life, you know, that pro-life pro billboard where oh, it's yeah. like a baby and the baby says something about Jesus, blah, 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 Jesus knew my soul before I was born. Mm -hmm. And someone has, and this never gets old, someone has just taken spray paint and they've drawn a bad mustache and a scraggly beard on the baby, which shouldn't even be funny. Like in 2008, drawing a mustache and a beard on someone shouldn't be amusing anymore. It should be like rabbit ears in the photo or something. And I laugh at it every time I drive by. But the thing is, like, who didn't see that? Like, someone clearly had to drive by and see people spray painting a beard on the baby. And then just didn't say anything about it. You know? So, well, whatever. All right. So, should someone stop and get out of the car and say, hey, stop. Painting that beard stop, on that baby right now. Stop bearding that baby right now. I you, I've seen someone vandalizing something before, like a like up on a billboard or something. I'm like, ah. You just let it go? Yeah. Well, I can't, you know, and I know that okay, we're not... What do I to... have to gain except for some crazy person with a can of spray paint who wants to, like, kill me for interrupting them? And the other thing is, and we're not supposed to say stuff like this, but some of that graffiti is really cool. Like, you sort of, like, you admire the fact that it's way up in some place where you would almost need, like, guide wires to get to it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some of that downtown. Where it's like you you have no idea, like there's no ladder that went that high. And there's some of that graffiti downtown where you think they must have hung, they must have dangled them over the side of a building or something with one hand and spray painted with the other hand. I mean, it, it, they really must have risked death to get some of that uh, spray painted, some of that tagging up there. It's kind of cool, actually. Kicks. They do it for kicks. They do it in fast thrills, Tim. So John Kerry, Joe Biden, and uh, Chuck Hagel are uh, resting after the helicopter was almost knocked down from the snow. As they were visiting Afghanistan, next they're going to visit India, Turkey, and Pakistan. I I call shenanigans on the sh on the snow. Mm -hmm. By the way, somebody says, Rick, look at it this way. Here's what your body is made out of: seventy percent water, twenty six percent fat. That leaves four percent for everything else that makes up your being. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. I suppose. So. Okay. Uh, that's enough on me. Are right. there guests here and people want to speak? I've got things to do. Uh, wait, mockery to happen. Uh, back at the bottom mm -hmm. of the hour, you will be though. Yes, I will be. All right. Tim Riley returns at the bottom of the hour with more news. Uh, we'll break right here. We'll come back with more of your phone calls. The Low will join us in studio in a second. And then uh, Gavin Dawson, uh, formerly of Entercom Radio, uh, will join us here in the studio as well. It's 503. Oh, and we're going to make Richie stand on the scale. It's 503-733-2970. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
Yes, you are. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, why, hello. It's George Everson. It's real. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie wanted to be weighed during the break, by the way, when no one can hear of his shame. That's not going to happen. Richie will be, uh, Richie's going to be weighed right here on the air in front of God and everyone, as they used to say. Uh, let's see. Rick, let's see. You're 187 pounds and 25.9% fat. So that means 48, 48 pounds of fat inside of you. <gasps> oh, don't put it that way. Wow. Oh. You know how much that is in butter terms, Sarah? 48 bucks of butter. Or 10, brooks, uh, 10 bricks of Tillamook cheese. Cheddar. Cheddar. Oh, Jesus. Almost six gallons of water. All right, anyway. Uh, ride your bike. It's not, it's not just the kids you're hurting, Rick. All right, it's 503-733-2970. In just one moment, we will welcome uh, from Los Angeles, our good friend James Roop. Uh, from Las Vegas, let's now welcome our good friend below to the Rick Emerson program. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing good. What's up, man? How's life? How are things? You're looking slender. Yeah, well. Do you want to, <laughs> shall we calculate your body mass index? Yes, if, if, if you value that scale, you'll no, keep it away from no, me. No, he flat out told me, he's like, I'm not getting on the scale. This is no yeah. way. Yeah, no, that's not happening. No, no, no. It's going to happen with, uh, I'm trying to, I'm mentally making a list of folks who we can make get on the scale and folks who we can't. Um, so I'm thinking the next time Aaron gets in the studio, though, his ass is totally standing out there. We're going to measure that guy up. No, because uh, he's in the process of trying to do something to change his body. You're just saying you're being fat. Oh, no, I'm in the process of changing my body. I'm just changing my body to become even rounder. Uh, and the, the best part is, is I walked into the kitchen just now, like Court and Fatboy walked by me. Fatboy, who ironically is now much thinner than I am. I see Court and Fatboy. And he is very thin. They didn't even say anything. They just looked at me, and then they kind of shook their head sadly and walked away and shuffled off down the hall. Jesus. All right. Uh, so before we uh, bring on Mr. Roop, what is it? Is it you who owes? Does he owe you money or do you owe him money? How does that work? You know, I'd like to believe that I don't owe anyone any money. However, uh, there's some story about the last listener party. We all went to dinner. Yeah, and I keep getting burned on that story. Somebody and, stuck somebody with a bill. Yeah, and being 12 <laughs> and being 1,200 miles away and not a CNN uh, correspondent <laughs> keeps me from weighing in on that. Actually, you know, and I feel bad because Roop's an awesome guy and. Um, I have cash in hand, and Roop's like, give me that. So, you know, as this, as it gets painted from that day forward, you know, I'm, I'm eating for free and skating. Wait, hold on. So you attempted to pay, and then he said, no, 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 you're on Jim Roop's good well, humor. Well, just, just like everyone else does, you know, the bill comes around, so you you need to see what the damage is. Sure. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of doing the thing of like, you know, okay, that was mine. That's not mine. Right. And, and you know, reaching for the cash, and he's just kind of like, I'll take that. And he just took it. For a bit of, but the story has morphed. But the story has morphed into me kind of like, you know, getting free free taxi rides from Dante and, and you know, ordering, you know, six six orders of escargot, escargot and, and everything else. It was a good night. It was a good meal. But I, but I, I, I don't necessarily like being cast as the individual who ate for free. No, I think I'm trying to remember. <laughs> and I wouldn't, you know what, and I wouldn't even put that on Jim. That's not Jim's doing. No, no, no. I, I'm trying to remember who it was, though. But there was somebody, somebody that Brad, uh, the car guy, had been driving around or had been, you know, just kind of escorting for the evening. And it was that thing where everybody sort of at, I forget where they were. They were at the Oba or someplace for dinner. And then everybody's eating. And then one by one, people kind of get up to use the bathroom and they just don't ever come back to the table. And then suddenly Brad looks around. It's like last man standing. You know, and then they, pardon me, sir, here's the check. And it's like, you know, $49,000. See, I'm, I'm black. I couldn't get away with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm forced to sit at the table. You know, you know, everyone else is kind of disappearing throughout the night. You know, they got a security guard stationed behind my seat. No, no, no. Follow that one. <laughs> All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. I love 
CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. Hi. Hello. What's good, my man? Hey, uh, I picked up that tab. So yeah. that was so it was it was a voluntary thing. It was yeah. out of the CNN's good good graces. No, uh, CNN did not reimburse me. Oh really? I did submit it. Oh no, Jim, that's a personal oh. expense. Really? Is that true? You tried to get them to cover it, and they told you no. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was you know. I mean, you know, I got a free ride to to Portland, and you know, you guys put me up in the hotel. The least I could do was well, pick up the tab. Well, that's what we did. Well, so I, I, no, I was going to have to mortgage my house to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where did you guys eat? Where were you? you I don't. I, I honestly don't remember. No, I, I don't even. I don't think you remember leaving the building. I don't. I remember. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I uh, well, people. No, Rip can hold his own. I saw him take down many, many drinks. Well, was there was a big right? group of people, and people who have plans to eat for free always seem to know where the expensive <laughs> restaurants are. No, that's true. Somebody who knows that they're not going to be footing the bill, they have an uncanny sixth sense for finding a place where the you know where the soup is like fourteen dollars. And I remember specifically telling the load, put that money away. I took I I picked up the tab for that night. I do remember that. Now let me ask you this. Now when you picked up the tab, yeah. in your head on a scale of one to ten, when you picked up the tab, how confident were you that CNN was going to be reimbursing you so for I was everything? 90%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Excellent. Oh, wow. well, no, no, I feel, it quickly reminded me there's another 10% involved. There. I, feel, I feel really You know what? I, feel, I still feel bad. I even don't feel bad, man. Move. Don't feel bad. And feel since bad. you're going to be in my, in my spot for OJ's victory tour, why don't, you, uh, <laughs> why don't you get a hold of me, man, and I'll make sure I take care of you. Hey, you know, I would like to hook up with you when we get together. I mean, when I when I have to spend eons up there. Well, yeah, don't hesitate, man. I'm I'm always there, and I just got a job uh, closer to the to the house, so I'll, I'll be around the house a lot more. And I'm do mean around the house. Sure. Now, and are you going to be? I mean, you're 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 in Vegas for the whole for the duration, right? For the once it starts. Uh, my plan is, and the way I'm suggesting we do this is, I go for opening statements, first couple of uh, witnesses on the prosecution side, then leave and go back for the uh the first couple of witnesses for the defense then go back for closing arguments jury deliberation so you're going to be there for the greatest hits yeah you're going to be there i you're... think it's ridiculous to sit through testimony that doesn't matter uh, well look... the, the prosecution is going to call their strongest witness first they they should they better and it better not be more than two guys because it'd be stupid to drag this thing out. You know what? The jury would get upset. In terms of all things, OJ, as long as I don't have to sit through another six months of what's his name, uh, Fung or whatever that doctor was, like pointing, it, like some like the pointing at a double helix or something on an easel. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. trying to explain like the electron micrography of of you know, and I, I remember just kind of my eyes. Doctor ears, Lee. Yeah, just kind of glazing over. Just kind of I can't listen to any more of this. Yeah, he was the coroner at the time. Uh, uh let's see. Well, a couple things. Well, you're There's gonna, a big cut. Are you uh, are you going to the Oscars? And so are you going to be there? Yeah. And so are you? Yeah, we've talked about this before, but have you have you ever asked to be one of those like like seat fillers? No. You know, like one of those like where Gwyneth Paltrow gets up to uh, you know to take a whiz or something, and they stick you into her seat. You know, you can go two ways with that. <laughs> uh, no, I've never chair. asked to be a seat filler. Although right. I know I know people who do that. Here's the thing. Here's why you ought to do that because that'd be an interesting sort of personality profile piece. You know what? Kind of a human interest story. Because everybody sort of hears about professional seat fillers or people who are sort of on call just to, to make the crowd look more full. But I've never, I don't really know how that works. And so you ought to uh, pitch it to CNN, a seat filler for a night for the Oscars or for you know for whatever. I don't think they'd go for that because then I couldn't do the work. And just saying, I'm always trying, I'm just trying to give you different angles for things. I, I mean, uh, that I, uh, maybe I can just talk to one. Are you? Well, that's that's the other thing. But I have no real desire to do that. 
Uh, you, how much, let me ask you this. I have no desire to go. I was, I was just going to say, really, on a given day or a given week, how many things that you do for CNN do you really have a desire to do? I Everything mean, really. Everything to do with entertainment. <laughs> um, Except the Grammys. That was fun. Hey, have you seen the, uh, have you seen There Will Be Blood? No. Oh, dude, you got to see that. It's a fantastic. I fell film. asleep during Michael Clayton. No, Michael Clayton was not a bad film. I don't think it's like. I, I, it kind of, you got you got to be ready to sit though. I mean, because it's it 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 is long. Well, it's just it's like one of those you know kind of John Grisham kind of quasi legal uh, the, the films. I don't I don't really get the whole deal of it being up for film of the year. Uh, there will be blood is great. No country for old man is pretty great. Uh, Juno I thought was great. So there are really there are some good films out there. So yeah, I, know, uh, I know that there are strong contenders. I do believe just because of the history of this movie so far. No Country for Old Men will probably take uh, Best Picture. Maybe, and you know the Academy really likes the Coen Brothers too. Yeah, uh, those do. guys are those guys are popular. All right, and then it, real quickly here, just we're sort of under the under the gun time wise, but it, I don't know whether this is one of those things that I'm misreading somehow, or if it's just sort of you know what Google is. Google is sort of like that Cyberdyne Skylab company in Terminator, you know, yeah. that ends up where like they end up launching a first strike against us. You talking about their new medical service? Well, they, they, they Google is going to start archiving medical records. That makes me feel real happy. Just well, reading. You, you just can just opt for it. You you can you can have them transfer all the, all your medical records to them so that you can access them quickly. Oh, that's a great idea. That's let's a all, stupid idea. Let's all let's all do that now. Yeah. Um. It's like when I was I was on. I told the story earlier on the show, but I was um. I was on the uh, I was on the phone with with Microsoft so-called tech support uh, yesterday trying to get something fixed with my computer. And at one point, the man or woman I couldn't really tell with whom I was speaking said said, "Well, do you mind if we take remote control of your computer for a second and try to analyze the problem?" And I said, "Well, I." And before I could really say yes or no, suddenly this little window appeared on my screen that said, your computer is now being remotely controlled by Microsoft. And, like, the mouse started to move by itself. And there was, like, it was, like, a whole lot of weird. And there was, to their credit, there was a big red button in the corner of the screen that said, like, stop. And I immediately just, chung, just pulled the ripcord in that because it was freaking me out. It was way too weird. CNN does that to our computers. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they, uh, where they can just, where they not only monitor, but they can control what your computer's doing. Yeah, uh, I've all... done that to my parents' computer. Really? Yeah, you you, you know how painful it is to talk. <laughs> oh, to the, no. the older generation yeah. through computer troubles. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put a stop to that. We're... <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> I'm gonna log on. I was just sit there. I'll do it myself. Yeah. Just don't move. Take uh, notes. Reboot it, mom. Reboot <laughs> it. Go get some tea or something. I'll Unplug be... it and plug it back in. Go get some toast. I'll be finished in a minute. <laughs> all right, brother. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, as far as I know. All right, my friend. Oh, yo. Before he goes, yeah. uh, I got. I got some more music heading your way, man. Oh, great. So, um, not of the rap variety, but I think you'll dig it. Oh, my, my daughter uh, runs to your, your CD, the one you sent me. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Your daughter's a fan of the hip-hop? She's a fan of the low, that's for sure. Excellent. I think, uh, other than, uh, you know, the country music she has on here, yours is as far as a bunch of the hip-hop. <laughs> so it's all country yeah. music and you. Well done. She runs, yeah. uh, she runs to it. It's great. The circles I run in. <laughs> All right, brother, we will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy your afternoon, sir. Thanks, guys. There you Take go. Care. James Roof in Los Angeles. Well, this is a good segue, actually. Um, we'll do this. Uh, Tim Riley coming up at the top, uh, the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to Gavin Dawson, who is uh, here. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's in uh, Richie's room. Oh, we have to weigh Richie. That fat bastard. Maybe um, we can weigh Gavin, too. Excellent. Because uh, he's, well, last time I saw him, it's been a while since he's been in, but he's always been an in shape guy. He's an athlete type guy, I guess. Um, speaking of music, so you, um, and I didn't do the whole thing about it, but you wrote a great, uh, essay that you put on, uh, your MySpace profile. Yes. And I forget what it was actually called. I forget the name of the essay. Um, but it, I think it was actually just kind of a whole lot of RIP. About, <laughs> so, about and yeah. where you had just sort of, uh, you had 
What, you quit making hip-hop or you quit pursuing? I don't know. I think my focus is no longer just rap for the sake of rap or hip-hop music. Um, I just, I'm a musician, so, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I want to do. And Did you just get disillusioned with the industry or with the direction the know, music was taking? I, you know, I, I really don't have any desire to be, you know, the the biggest thing in the world, you know, with my face plastered all over everything. But I think it's I think it's somewhat important as a musician to, to you know, if you're going to spend a hell of a lot of time doing it, that you, you at least be able to feed yourself doing it. And I think somewhat of that industry has gone the way of, you know, for you to be able to really make a respectable earning doing it, you kind of have to just do a whole bunch of crap I'm not interested in doing. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, to be honest, uh some of it is pretty specific to the rap industry, whereas, you know, just being a musician, there there are a whole lot of things and a whole lot of boxes that you don't get stuffed in when you're just a musician, regardless right. of what genre you're in. But I think in terms of hip-hop hip and in, in, in terms of being largely successful with that, there's just a whole lot of stuff, uh, uh, including uh, shooting people and or selling drugs and or being a, a general dumbass that I'm not really willing to do <laughs> in order to uh, make a consistent living doing it. So, And that's not a knock on, on you know any specific artists who are successful, but you know my experience with it has been that there's just a lot in that industry, uh, rap specifically, that... I just really have no interest in doing. I, I just, you know, I just have more of an interest in being a musician. Well, a lot of it does get boiled down to a collection of stereotypes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, and the there's a lot of people perpetuating those, which makes it a lot harder. It's like it depends. Yeah, it's like, do you want to be the stereotype or you want to go do your own thing? Yeah. Because they've decided the red that it, it's just the easiest way to market it is just to reduce everything to a set of exaggerated characteristics. Right, right, and and even within rap, there's several different um, genres of that. But it still does come down to that at the end of the day. <clears throat> so uh, two things. One is, so you're doing uh, another project with, and I, for, I forget her name. There's a woman that you're working with. Uh, she goes by the name of Morgan Merlot. Um, I don't think she'd be too happy with me revealing uh, her. That's uh, fine. But it's a, it's a, the, the, so the group of the collaboration is called Azure Noir? Yes. Yes, correct. Uh, she used to be in an industrial band in Cleveland uh, called In Winter. And um, they had a pretty nice She's following. She's really neat looking. Yeah. I, I, I really, once I got to meet her, I, I really... Found out that she was just full of surprises, a hell of a lot of fun, and really easy to work with. So it just made it really simple, and, you know, it was like from, from jump, we started getting things done. And you guys have got an EP out now, and it's, uh, I, it's I don't know if it's, if it's like trip-hop as such, but it's like an ambient kind yeah, of... Yeah, ambient trip-hop is kind of the blend. I, I think that's the, the probably the closest descriptor that... that Probably fits what we do. Yeah, uh, Scott Daly wrote a really good review of it on Geek in the City. Yes, uh, yes. that you can read. And uh, the website is myspace.com/slash Azure A Z U R E Noir N O R N O I R. Yes, all one word. Uh, I'll put a link up to that on my site actually today. Uh, Azure Noir. And you guys have got a full length that's going to be coming out as well. Yeah, we're all, we're just about finished. Uh, we, we've started planning to do some. Uh, uh, performances around Vegas, and then we're going to extend to the the greater part of the West Coast, uh, down through California, up here, Portland, Seattle, and uh, I think uh, towards the end of this year we're going to go ahead and finish that up. And and we're almost finished with it now, but I think we want to get some of that uh, performance schedule under our belt before we actually release it. But let me know when you do that because I'm going to be uh, in Vegas, and if I don't get to see you guys, let me know if you're going to be anywhere near here because I would love to see you guys do that live. Because I okay. uh, you. Uh, I saw on your MySpace profile that you had the EP out, and I went to, uh, uh, it was not necessarily a plug, but I subscribed to the, the Napster service. Oh, right. Uh, and I went there, and I uh, downloaded it from there. 
and uh, it's great, and I, I really dig it. It's very, very good, and not not really what I expected, but it's great. Good. So, uh, so if you're a fan of sort of the ambient or the trip hop genre, uh, you really ought to check it out. It's MySpace.com/slash/AzureNoir, uh, and I'll put a link up to that uh, today. Um, anyway, so uh, are you you're sticking around? You're going to be here for the the Booyah Awards, the, yes, the Film Radio. Thing? That is primarily why I'm here. Oh, that, and I got you know I got a handful of friends that you know it's easy for me to come up and do something like that and see everybody. So. Figure I'd go up and lend those guys some support and kind of kick it around. And plus, they've been so, you know, they've been great with us, you know, with the with the with the um, the review and everything. So I figured, you know, I'd come up and help those guys out. I do have to thank you, by the way, for um, uh, turning me on to Code Monkeys. You oh, sent me, yes. you had maybe some DVDs of that show, which is just fantastic. I am the dealer for Code Monkeys, dude. I got to tell you, uh, so on Christmas, uh, my wife and I, we've done some different things. Like we went to San Francisco one year, and New York one year, and I did, we went to Seattle. And this last Christmas was. The whole other direction. So she, on Christmas Eve, she went out and she did two kinds of things. She went out and she bought a bunch of really upscale food, and mm-hmm. then she bought a bunch of like spray cheese and like triscuits. And so oh. we laid, we had the two, the two different spectrums covered. Uh, it, we got like four different Xbox 360 games, uh, and then a bunch, and then we just rented a bunch of movies, and then Code Monkeys. And so on Christmas Day, we really spent about nine hours on the sofa. Uh, it just shoveling bad food into our mouths and watching one episode of that show after another. And I mean, I got to take, especially if you are, like in her case, a little drunk, or in my case, uh, just sort of generally out of it. That, that show was already funny, but it just became hysterical. And, and, and there was, I forget what the episode even was, but it's where they're at the racetrack, and they're trying to, they've lost all of the money for the startup company. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and, and, and the horse that the horse that they bet on won't win, and so the guy goes out there and he shoots it and then starts kicking the corpse or something, and it's just, I mean, it, it really just re- achieved just this transcendent level of absurdist comedy. I love that. It's but, and as much as I try to avoid it, I, I end up going back to Black Steve. Oh, yeah? You know, of course, he's, he's the one in the office walking around carrying guns and cussing out white people the whole show. It's a great... Uh, I uh, keep waiting to play the theme song uh, for that. Maybe I'll do that uh, maybe uh, sometime tomorrow. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's on G4 Code Monkeys, and I guess it's out on DVD probably. And they do a podcast, too. A I don't video think they released it on... on, on um DVD just yet. I know the uh, they've already greenlighted season two, mm-hmm. so that's coming up. Uh, I think I think that first showing is April uh, Miller into April. Excellent. So I, I'm still looking, you know, for them to put DVDs out because I, I want uncensored versions. Yeah, you want to be able to yeah see it uh, exactly. I know that if you have a, an iPod, you can get a video podcast of that where they stream episodes of it right to your iPod. So they've got that. Uh, so check that out, and then of course uh, the low you can see his new project Azure Noir, uh, MySpace.com slash Azure Noir, and I'll put a link up to that later on. So good to see you, man. And yeah, I'll see you Saturday at the Booyah Awards. Oh, excellent. Uh, excellent. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley. Uh, plus Gavin Dawson, formerly of 1080 The Fan, will join us here in the studio in just a few moments. And we'll make Richie get on the scale and we'll determine exactly how many cubes of butter he's worth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for uh, coming along. When you talk, I just want to make little piggy noises. Uh huh. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Now I feel like I can't weigh Richie because I feel like you're viewing it as some sort of um, like misdirection, like when magicians go look, look over here while they're putting the rabbit of in the cage. Of course you are. All right. Well, you tell me who we should weigh. I can't not use the scale. It's I think too we great. should weigh Gavin. 
Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, formerly of uh, 1080 The Fan and now of his sofa, uh, Gavin Dawson. Hello, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I just did the same thing you did. Hey, what are you up to these days? Which, yeah. of course, I don't think you're just like, stop yourself, but it's already halfway out of your mouth. <laughs> so, like, how's you? so how are things? No. I've just been drinking. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, it's it's great. I really am embracing being un- unemployed and looking forward to bigger and better things as people keep telling me I'm destined for. Now, here's you the, are. You know, you know I, I wonder why Intercom needs such a huge building when they could easily fit all their employees in the Seals Craftsman tool shed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may not be in that building much longer, Tim. So. Oh, that's what I hear. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. It'll be retaken by the Canadian geese. So it does, I mean, really the last, well, I don't mean to sit like, like we're just sitting here railing on Intercom. You don't even have to say anything. We'll say it all for you. But I know that, there, I mean, Intercom is certainly not alone. But I know that there's been a lot of streamlining happening in, in you know, just radio and all different yeah. companies. Um, but uh, but you were, I mean, uh, now I'm not much of a sports guy, as you know. Um, but I mean, I know you I have you many were, friends who are sports yeah, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, the guys I know who are into sports were really into your show. My friend uh, Chris Neathan, who does a blog. Uh, Portland blog. He uh, right. He also uh, uh, he does some stuff with the Portland Tribune or whatever. It's called onthevig.com, and he immediately sent me like a text message and email. He's like, "This is a travesty and this sucks." And um, I mean, if you don't mind talking about, so do they give you a, a reason or do they give you? Well, I think Intercom. You know, I'm, I don't have anything bad to say against Intercom. I grew up listening to the fan. It worked there for eight years. Was awesome. I think they're just like any other American company trying to satisfy stockholders and, you know, continue to up their profit margins. And they made a decision. You know, a lot of uh, longtime employees over there at Intercom had to be let go. And uh, it was really too bad. But I, don't, I, I can't say anything bad about them. You know, the, the general manager was in tears th- that afternoon. It's, it wasn't really his fault. It was, you know, corporate America saying you have to remove X amount of salary from the building because we're not happy with the amount of money we're making. You're sure they were too. You weren't. You were sure it wasn't sweat uh, from the exertion of signing the various letters of termination. Nobody <laughs> cried for us. <laughs> there were no tears for us. There were laughs and giggles and guffaws. <laughs> and don't you feel special, Gavin, that you were one of those chosen ones? Oh yeah, it really felt great. Uh, um, I mean, well, here's and I don't know if I'm so uh, mature. I was going to. We're way we're way more mature than we were. I was. God damn it! I was like, we're, we're still very it. bitter. I was, I was going to say it's years ago, and I've had now my I'm still bitter about it. I've had my moments. Moments where animosity and you know a pint of whiskey have got the better of me. I, I've done that, but you know it's it's really there's nothing I can do about it. Shoot, I got fired. That's what they, they say. If you haven't really been in radio until you got fired. I got fired. That was, oh, this that's the is first your first time, time you've been fired. Yeah. Oh, I don't feel sorry for you. Oh, okay. I, I no longer. This is only the first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, screw that. It's, I'm looking at like a six-week paid vacation. City party ending. Now. That's like when they. That's like when they blew out Tim Savage. Uh, you know, and I sort of realized that a, you know, he was younger than I. B, better looking. C, more talented. D, had never been fired before. In like ten years or something. That's okay. Right? Matt Peterson's still never been fired. So, uh, <laughs> you know, his his is coming at some point. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've taken it for the entire team <laughs> over and over again. How many you got under your belt, Tim? <laughs> At least a half dozen. Nice. Uh, I've only been fired twice. I've been fired, I think... Let's well, see. We one, were fired and hired at the same two, exactly. one day. Yep. Remember, I chased you down the hallway stairs. I was so upset because remember, Wait, what? I chased Sarah Dillon down the stairs and told her she wasn't fired. When we were at KOTK and they when? handed us all those letters. Oh, the letters. When Intercom are... bought us and they was like, "You are no longer with the company. Your service has been terminated." And oh. I freaked out. No, no, no. So yes, yeah, so and that's... I ran out of the building. And then and I chased her down the stairs and brought her back in. So here's the thing. So this is um. <laughs> so now we're uh, commiserating here. So mm-hmm. the, the yeah they when we were at KOTK next door we were working at Fisher. And Intercom bought, uh, I mean, they really bought KWJJ, and then we were like the steak knives. We sort of just came along mm. with them. It was like, well, uh, 
And we also got the, what do you want, the Emerson? We got Emerson. Here you go. And, um, but they did this weird thing where they, I guess it was some corporate thing they had to do where they fired everybody and then rehired certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even the they people. They only rehired like 30% of the people, 40%. And, and, and actually some of the people that they rehired, which at that point was us, they still fired us first and then rehired us. So we all got the, like, you have been terminated by, and then they rehired you. And so it was this weird. Wasn't that like union stuff or something? I, you know, I don't even know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how it worked, actually. I don't know what it was all about. I do know this, though. I do know that one of the women. I shouldn't laugh about it. I mean, they ended up they ended up keeping her on. She ended up not getting fired. That's but the I truth. but I know that the the whole you must sign this letter where you have been fired thing happened like literally the day she was about to leave on a two week cruise. Nice. So it was like ah, let's go on the cruise. Oh, by the way, you're fired. Um, the way that it happened to us at Intercom was I've told this story, but I think I told this story when we first came back on the air. So I got off I got off the air, and we at that point were on nine to noon. Um, terrible shift, 9 to noon. I get off the air at noon. Don and Mike were on noon to 4. I wasn't allowed to stay for the entire show. <laughs> Tim was sent home. Tim was sent home at, uh, like 10 or 11, yeah. So, which we weren't ever really allowed to talk about. So I was on the air from 9 to noon. Tim would mysteriously vanish every day at 10 a.m. spoken of again after 10. <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't there. Oh, my God, I forgot Look, about uh, that. I know you like... Because uh, you were up super early when I was doing mornings on 94.7. Well, I was talking to the millions of listeners uh, listening to IMAS at 5 a.m. Well, and it was a lot of... Look, I know you like that, uh, that Tom Riley guy, so you can have him for an hour. What do you say, an hour? And, uh, but, but that's not right. originally what happened. The first time I met those people, it, w- it was the, the big manager of... I guess the entire West Coast, the guy with the clammy hands, saying, <laughs> just who are you? <laughs> That's exactly what he said to me. Uh, what I got is I got the intercom guys in a room uh, with me going, uh, look, we're big believers in the uh, the Emerson brand. That was their phrase. And they did at one point refer to you as Tom Riley. They go, we love your news, man. Tom Riley. He's the best. <laughs> I just thinking about that and like, our meetings with Alan Davis. and like It just makes my... Skin so that's the thing we're talking, by the way, to Gavin Dawson, oh, who was a great guy. Uh, oh, he is a great yeah, guy, but you, guy. you weren't in the, mo- in the oh, room yeah. like, oh, okay. for the meetings. Like, now, okay, we really believe in the Emerson brand. What I need you to Sarah, do... Sarah, you talk about your breasts more. Change the following 50 <laughs> things. Um, you know what I got was, you know, you have a real cult following. Like uh, we got that. We like got yeah. like four people that really love your show. Yeah, we got, um, uh, I was, uh, for the longest time, the one sheet on my show said that I was, quote, he said uh, he's an edgy Gen X motormouth with a loyal cult following. Mm-hmm. And cult following means like no one listens to him. <laughs> there are losers. three deeply disturbed individuals. <laughs> Where is Ellen Davis now? He's in Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas City. That's a market on the move, Sarah. Missouri, that's, uh, maybe? I don't that's know. a growth market is what that it's is. It's in Kansas and Missouri. It's so good. <laughs> it's in two different states. <laughs> two different states are fighting over the right to own it. Um, there, was a, there was a great moment, though. Am I great? I mean awful. Where I got off the air that day at noon. Don and Mike started. Uh, I'm sitting at my, uh, you know, my desk doing whatever, and Alice, uh, Alice, Alan Davis comes by and he says, uh, he says, Rick, talk to you for just a moment. And, I, and he lo- looking as he always did, like the mayor of uh, of Sunnydale. He was yeah. very pleasant. Yeah. Um, he was. Yeah, no, yeah, with a big, yeah, just a big happy grin, calls me to the office, and and you know how that thing where there's the desk. And, you know, he'll sit on the other side of the desk and talk to you. I knew it was bad news because he sat down in one of the chairs next to me, like not on the other side of the desk, sat down next to me. And he did that thing, that guy thing, like clapped me on the shoulder, and he said, with a smile, Rick. And then he says the words you always love to hear. There's no easy way to tell you this, so I'm just going to tell you. And I think you're like, oh, oh hell no. Oh, dude. No. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you're all hosed and whatever. And to his credit, he was, you know, he was, he was really very, good. He was very, very nice, you know, very polite about it. To Alan's credit, I know for a fact he shed tears that day. It was very difficult for him to do. And I can I can say that about Alan because I'm like a you know, I'm like yeah. a spigot. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend says I'm fat. I cry. You know, so uh, I can say that about Alan. I got no problem with male crying. But Alan was a super nice dude, and I know for a fact he shed a couple of No, and he was. No, they, you know, there's never been any. You could always tell that it was coming from a higher Oh, source. I knew. And we always, knew he, we always knew it wasn't his decision. I mean, that's yeah. that's clearly a yeah. thing. He was just trying uh, to, like, mold us into what the, he was hearing from, I think, well, from and they were just And they were so bent on getting that Charlie station in there that it was like musical chairs where everybody mm-hmm. was kicked down one chair, and suddenly at the end, oh, Rick and Sarah and Tim. Oh, crap. <laughs> so nothing. Um, so I won't waste your time giving you a lot of, like, you'll land on your feet, yeah. uh, platitudes. But I will tell you this, uh, and this is true for me. It shouldn't last 11 months for you, though. No, that's the thing. Is it's not, you're not going to be unemployed for, like, a year like we were. Uh, but I will say that every single time I've been fired, um, it, it, it's like I get, you know, when I get hired again, on the one hand, you go, that's great, I got a job again. But on the other hand, then you always go, God damn it, I didn't enjoy my unemployment. And the, the, mm. the, I mean, the, the, the damnable misery is you can never enjoy your unemployment while you're uh, unemployed. See, I'm working my way like up and down the totem pole of unemployed loser. It started with just drinking light domestic beer. <laughs> now I'm on Xbox Live for roughly 18 hours a day. I figure my next step will be Dungeons and Dragons till about four o'clock in the morning. And at that point, I'll have run the gamut and I'll be ready. But I'm definitely enjoying. That was my thing. Is and I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do two weeks of absolutely nothing. I'm not going to look for a job. I'm not going to answer an ad. I'm not going to go to All Access or R&R. I'm doing nothing for exactly two weeks. Nice. Uh, so I just I gave myself like many weeks of, of just doing absolutely nothing. You know what trips me out is with you know with everything shrinking and whatnot. I don't want to leave Portland, man. No, that was I'm my not thing. A following here. You know, I've been I've been talking about the Blazers nonstop for like seven and a half years as the only like non-paid shill for the Trailblazers, and people started to really recognize that. If I had to go to Oklahoma City now, they wouldn't know who the hell I am. Well, that was that was our thing too. Is it was it was really important to me uh, not to leave mm-hmm. Portland. And you know, I'm not going to say that like people were fighting over me, but I, you know, I had stations in other markets that had talked to me or said that, you know we're interested in something. But I was, you know, I, I wanted to stay here. And for me, it was worth it to be unemployed for 11 months to get a gig back in Portland. And I think I kind of speak for all of you. Well, I'm a successful coming? slum landlord here. I'm not in town. <laughs> Do those unemployment checks keep coming? Uh, oh, like 11 months? Oh yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, it, well, it's all. I think it. I think it's based on how long you had the last gig. But if you've never yeah. been fired, you probably got you probably got tons of unemployment nice. in there. Yeah. So I'll see you in like a decade. Yeah. Tim, <laughs> uh, advice on unemployment? Well, it's kind of fun. Yeah. And your cell phone is working. Yeah. No, that's that's the other thing. <laughs> no, that's the other thing. Is that you will really learn, and I know that we sound like we're giving fortune cookie wisdom here. You will learn who your friends are, yeah. and who were, and 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 you will learn who befriended you because you had a radio. Show. You know what's weird is like on online all the message boards about radio mm-hmm. for seven and a half years it was all Gavin sucks, Gavin sucks. I get fired, and people are like, "What the heck? Where's like, Gavin? Where were you guys for the, the last yeah. better part of this decade?" Oh, people have hated us for a long time, but everyone. Tells us that they love the show. Yeah, Most so, of the people in the industry do listen, so they're all listening to you today. And so uh, keep track of who, of who contacts you and who doesn't. So uh, uh, what's his, your your PD here, right? Eight maybe. to noon, eight that, to noon Saturday. Lost familiar returns. That's the rumor. Well, let me. Let he me has an office at the top of the stairs. What do you guys get running eight to noon Saturday morning? Seriously, the, the people want the Sports Saturday family back on the air. You know what? I respect you. You 
pitch away. Go for Puts it. Put it right out there. I will tell you, actually, uh, the, the minute it happened, I hear people like, you know that you know Gavin's looking for a gig. You know Gavin's <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, but let's do... we got a couple people who want to say uh, howdy to nice. you. Nice. That's good, man. Um, right and I do... Uh, I apologize, Tim, that this is sort of uh, running over your news segment here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Dawson, what is going on, buddy? How you doing, man? Who's this? This is Mike, man. How you been? Oh, fantastic. I've you? been trying to get a hold of you. And uh, I don't know the Sully number. It might be different. Your uh, cricket deal. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of folks out there that are missing you, man. GM Dawson 22 at Comcast.net. I know Clyde hasn't played here for 15 years, but I still pay homage in my email. GM Dawson and 22 you know at Comcast. Dude, you know I don't have email. <laughs> you know I don't. All right. Well, I'm that old school. You're going to have to track me down there. Part familiar, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but, uh, well, I think he probably will be at home, sir. The odds are high that if you go by, he'll be there. Yeah. Now, did you have the same number you had like about a year ago? Uh, no. Uh, Richie will give it to you. Can we put him on hold and have Richie talk to this guy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Richie will give it dude, to we'll you. We'll put dude. you on hold. Uh, like I said, man, old-time Blazer fan. You, yeah, you know no, who you're talking yeah, I know, to. Just, I know who this you is. Don't, you just don't say anymore because that yeah. just makes both of us an ass. So. Right. Okay. Right all right, and then we're all going to have to make out or something. All right, uh, Richie, uh, talk to that guy, and I get, is he getting your contact, or are we yeah. getting his? Yeah. What are we doing there? Just whatever. Richie, just get that guy's contact info, and we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Dude, Mop, you got whacked? Yeah, I did, dude. I just I got gunned down. It was a blaze of glory, though. I cried about it for about four hours, and then I just started drinking. It's been great. Do we refer, refer to Isaac now as Brutus, or how, how is that all working out? Yeah, so who all, if I can ask, so who all got uh, let go? I mean, because it wasn't just you, and it wasn't just that station. Uh, no, it was me, and it was uh, Mike Turner at KGON, one of my original mentors in the biz, and Jamie Cooley at the 94.7, who I think were the main headliners. 13 wow. years and 22 years, like a combined 42 and a half years of something, just between the three of us right. at Intercom. Bam, bye-bye. So, again... Nothing bad to say about Intercom. Thanks for the opportunity, but yeah, it sucked. I uh, I could have worked there for the rest of my life and been happy. So uh, if you want to get a hold of Dawson, it's GM Dawson twenty two at Comcast dot net. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I, well, it's sorry to see you go, man. I'm gonna miss the updates, and uh, definitely Saturday mornings are gonna be much more sorrow ridden. Hey, bro, La Familia will return. The Sports Saturday family, <laughs> Gavin and Gorman, Chad in Portland, we shall return. Just holler at Rick. Let them know that 8 to noon slot Saturday mornings need to tune up with the GMD. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Excellent. See, my friend, that's why everything is going to turn out fine. <laughs> Everything's going to turn out sunshine. Dude, You'll that's really, fine. that's... You, you, and plus, there's only one of you, because for us, it was really hard, too, because there were three of us. And that was, that was, mm. that's... And what, that's the biggest pain, is like... We were off for 11 months, and it's because, uh, because see, what, it had to be all three of us. It wasn't going to be like, hey, Rick, meet, uh, you know, Susie and, you know, like, t- you know, like Tom or, you know, like they wanted, you know, there were people who wanted just me or just somebody else and that wasn't going to work. So it had to be yeah. all three of us, which made the wait time to get a gig like exponential. So um, anyway, uh, let's see. This is I are on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Hello. Hey, I-, I wanted to tell you, there's there something about that code monkey that the low was talking or you and low were talking about. Uh, after you guys, but I went on Google Video, and there's a bunch of them on there. Yeah, they're, uh, I think they do a podcast or something of it. I think you get it sent okay, to your... Cool. Yeah, uh, Lowe said that he didn't think it was out on DVD. He'd actually burn me some off of his TV or whatever. But, yeah, it is worth checking out. You really ought to look yeah, into it's it. It's really hilarious. All right. Hey, and, and uh, also, Rick, I just wanted to say, you know, I mean, about your uh, your BMI. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. you should feel good in the fact that, you know, you're less of a burden on the uh, health care system. How so? I don't understand. 25% it sounds like Yeah, it sounds like I'm going to be uh, on my back 
You know, well, like having my fat taken out of me with wheelbarrows. Well, well, just just so recently, I uh, I was reading a, a thing on Yahoo News. It says uh, people that uh, have a higher BMIs or uh-huh. like obese people. I don't think you're obese, but m- maybe you are. I don't uh-huh. know. But uh, they're less of a burden on the healthcare system because... Because I die young? Because they don't last too long. Thank yet. you. Okay, I knew we were ending up at my death. Thank you, sir. I appreciate oh. it. There you go. That's wonderful. You've slimmed down, though. I think I, that boiler is, no, like, no, at a no, manageable no. level. But here's the, here's the thing. I, I am not a, like, I'm not a fat guy as such, like, in terms of a peer. It's like that uh, one of the best lines in American cinema... Not a big fan of the movie, but there's that there's that moment in American Beauty when Kevin Spacey is talking to his next door neighbors about getting on like a weight loss regimen or working out, and they're like, "So what do you want to do? Do you want to get your BMI down? Do you want to get the six pack? Are you want do you want to lower your body fat ratio?" And he just goes, "I want to look good naked." <laughs> like that was he bought like that's what I want to look you know that's my and and I don't I mean if you look at me I don't look like a fat guy, uh, but uh, apparently it, what there is of me though is largely composed of of, of lard. Former co-host of mine uh, coined me skinny fat guy. Then and I think that might also apply yeah. to you. Under clothes, I don't look too bad. You take my clothes off, you know, bend over to tie my shoes. It's really not a pretty That's sight. That's my thing. I yeah. am a thin fat person. Yeah. Sarah skinny fat guy. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, Richie, are we taking this call? Are we uh, taking... Richie's just trying to keep you busy so that you can't bring him in for the scale. Oh, I know. I tried to step on it over here, but I couldn't get a reading. Richie Bristol, am I taking uh, line two here? you got to uh, put in your... Age and uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Hey, what's up? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, listen, I just wanted to, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, kind of antithetical to the to the day. I I really didn't like uh, the work that was that was done over there at the fan, and I don't know particularly if it was uh, Gavin, but these uh, sports scores that are given, they're really really rushed through. Uh, sometimes you just give a, a list of, you know, who the teams were that won without mm-hmm. giving what the score was or who the opponent was. Sounds uh, like you're a gambler, sir. <laughs> this is a gambler right here, man. I got action on the game, Let me know. How many times left? Well, you can only convey so much information over the radio. They give us a minute and 15 seconds because yeah. they got to run like 80 hours well, of commercial time a day. And I know that there's nowhere on earth you can get that information. Yeah. And the irony of it is, though, is they call themselves the sports just station, and yet I can get, uh, you know, uh, it's just no time allowed for... Wait, hold uh, on. Let me let me pull up my chair here. Yeah. And oh, Yes? Hello? What? And one other thing, may I say? I just call just... Go ahead, yes? Pat. I, I didn't like how uh, <laughs> how it was kind of left... Uh, that the that the Cougars were dropped uh, coverage of the Cougars football without uh, kind of a wham bam reason. What? What? Yeah. Right. Hello? What? <laughs> no. I'm, uh, damn it! Stupid phone. All right, we're back to uh, wrap it up with Gavin Dawson around the corner. Said the Rick Emerson radio pro. Wow, that can't be the last call of the day. We can't go we've out gotta, on that. Yeah, we've got to cleanse that. Seriously, one. we can't end on the suck. All right, back after this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. All right. Wow. It's like audio Samanex or something. Uh, Rick, I have a final point. I was hoping maybe he would end on a positive. I kept, well, and every time he would do that, and finally, and then he'd pause, I thought he was doing the gag where he goes, finally, and then hangs up. But no, then he would just, just come back like a bad penny. Rick, I finally have one question in 17 parts. (laughs) Jesus. 
It's like listening to an EOP record. Uh, we're here with Gavin Dawson, uh, formerly of 1080 uh, Fan. Uh, his email address is gmdawson22 mm-hmm. at comcast.net. Uh, comcast.net. gmdawson22 at comcast.net. Uh, let us now end with a couple of these higher on the Rick Emerson program, sir, madam, as the case may be. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of Dawson, and, of course, I listen to the best show ever every day. So I just want to throw my two cents worth in and say uh, bad job on their part, and you guys should uh, look at putting him on that Saturday gig. And let me ask you this. Yep. Is, how much of this call is motivated by the fact that we can't end on that last guy that called in? Are you, just, are you calling just to snap the streak? Oh, no, not at all. all right. I'm, I'm a big fan. I used to even come out and see him at some of his remotes on Saturday morning when they'd talk about college football. So. Excellent. All right. Thank Thanks, you, sir. Jim. All right. Yep. There you go. That's Jim. All right. He sounded like Dave Zinn. He kind of did. He yeah. did have that. He did have that kind of sound going on. Uh, so now, in the meantime, are you do you have a do you have a site? Do you have a do you blog? Do you write? Do you do uh, you know whatever? Are you gonna have an outlet for? Because that for me was one of the not to make it all about me, but that was one of the things for me is like I like I, don't, I always say that I don't really need to see a shrink because I can just come in here and bitch about whatever is sort of irritating me. Uh, and you know, without that, I, I found I was writing all the time, and I was uh, you know I was writing the big blogs about everything. And I mean, do you are you going to be doing something like that in the downtime? Uh, I'm working on putting together a uh, like a podcast with uh, a guy named Dave from a website named BlazersEdge.com. It's probably like the most respected Blazer fan website blog type of deal. So I'm working on doing a podcast with him a couple of times a week just to keep me involved and preparing and knowing about the NBA and the Trailblazers. And, that's, and just to sort of keep in the rhythm of it, too. Yeah, for uh, real. Yeah. Because, because otherwise, I would just I sort of sat there and would just sort of like become an amorphous blob of goo, which as the scale indicates, like not that, you know, is not really that difficult. I'm sort of there already. And you're right, the momentum and the knowledge, it, it, you know, it's, it's changing every day. Like, the world of pop culture is like a big pile of coal that you got to shovel at every day. Exactly. And if you don't shovel, you got a lot of making up to well, do. Well, that was my other thing. Uh, how long do we have? Like 90 uh, seconds? A minute and a half. Minute yeah. and a half. That was my other thing. I guess 90 seconds. You talked about having the, uh, you know, momentum and people in Portland really kind of knew who you were. And I remember when we were off the air, there was a guy from the Willamette, a guy named Mark Baumgarten, who wrote a piece about us when we came back. And he started... That was an awesome party, by the way. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, yeah, because the people were, you know, you know, they they did, you know, the the listeners really are the reason we're back. I mean, they really kept the faith. Uh, you know, they started. They did this whole thing where they dropped off the coffee cups at Intercom, the coffee cup crusade. That's what got the attention of CBS. And CBS, I sat down with Mark Whalen, who at that time was the GM, and the first words out of his mouth, he said, "To what?" He said, "How do you explain, you know, the loyalty of your audience?" And I just said, well, you know, they dig the show and they're the best audience ever and whatever. Um, but it was that feeling that we really were at the crest of something. And then to have that momentum kind of interrupted, it really sucked. All right, last call of the day. Please um, don't be bad. Hey, I it's just all on to, you. I just, I just wanted to put in my two cents. I used to listen to Gavin a lot. And uh, he has a great insight. And he, he added a uh, a really good spin on to what could be sometimes pretty tedious sports talk radio. And um, I really dig it, and I hope he bounces back and lands on his feet. And I'll be looking to hear from him. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks, Best show ever. Thank you, sir. All right, here you go. Uh, so one more time, if you want to get a hold of Gavin Dawson, it is gmdawson22 at comcast.net. Uh, Dawson Or email Rick and say, bring back La Familia Holmes. I like your style, sir. <laughs> uh, all right, are we, uh, how much time do we have here? Oh, 15 seconds. All right. Do we have an end of show clip? Yeah, and stay away from negativity, too. Don't let other people bring you down. Don't go to any of the messages. Oh, don't read any of those that get like, don't, like uh, don't do that because people are just, you know, people who are writing on there are just all. Should I hang out with lots of other unemployed people? Because there's plenty of those that in the social be fun. circle. Uh, that is, yeah, that's something. Yeah, I would strongly recommend uh, that you don't pay attention to any sort of online nitwittery. And yes, and, uh, keep, and 
keep your mental list as to who disappears yeah, it, right no, now. No, okay. seriously, and I and I and we're not saying that to be dicks, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, but it is it it's is so interesting true. to note and useful later to remember, you know, the sort of people that uh, that were with you in the downtime and the sort of people who were only there when the spotlight was on you, you uh-huh. know. So, in any event, Appreciate Gavin Dawson. All right, it is cool. GM Dawson twenty two at Comcast. Uh, .net. So stay tuned so for uh, for future developments. Uh, we want to thank Gavin Dawson. We want to thank the Low. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Bob Costantini, and James Roop, as well as Mr. Skin. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the Slender. Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, <laughs> Solid State Radio in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, Dave's into the gatekeeper. Susan Reynolds is our marketing guru. I'm huge. See you all tomorrow. Bye now.